Hello, this is Do Go On. I'm Matt Stewart. And I'm Taran Jayamana. And uh, we're in Sydney. And uh, we're about to be in Brisbane. And we're doing live shows. They're called Dry Dryer. And also, who knew with Matt Stewart in both those cities? And you can get details at mattstewartcomedy.com. Anything else you want to tell the good listeners that do go on, Saran? Well, the whole point of this was you thought that it might be more engaging if you had a different voice. But you've said most of the information. So, hey, come see us in Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah, that was engaging. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library, and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching! <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalized results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI... Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. (laughs) And edit it. (laughs) Hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music, or eBooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. (laughs) (laughs) And you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Hey everyone, Dave here just letting you know that our first live podcast in a million years is this Sunday, 8.30 at the European Beer Cafe and we're doing the next three Sundays after that as well. We cannot wait. We've only got a few tickets. I'm thinking less than five for each show available at the time of recording. So if you're interested, jump on that now and you can do that via the link in the description of this episode. We can also find a link to Matt Stewart's brand new stand-up comedy hour of power. I think it's called Nostalgia Was Better When I Was a Boy. Correct. That's right. It's at the Victoria Hotel. And he asked me to tell you that uh, if you use the code DOGOON, you can get cheap tickets. So there's three and a half weeks of that show. And finally... We've got to tell you about the biggest day in podcasting history, and that is Sunday, April the 4th, where we are doing not just do go on that night, but beforehand, we're doing a live Primates. Matt Stewart will be there. His guests are Evan Runner-Smith, Cass Page, and a guy I've never heard of. He might be all right. Nick Meso Mason. Can confirm he's no good. <laughs> no good. All right. Well, come for the other three because they're great. That's at 2 o'clock. Then straight after that, 4.15, you've got book cheat. Me, the book chook, telling two great <laughs> guests about a classic book and or play. And those guests are Ben Russell and Michelle Brazier. Then you can go to Matt Stewart's stand-up show at 6.55. Then at 8.30, you can come see us do our uh, podcast. <laughs> Forgot what it was called. Forgot what we were doing right now. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> you can buy tickets to all of those things. And we would absolutely love to see you there. Check out the link in the description for the links. Love you. 
welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave Hornicky, and as always, I'm here with Jess Perkins. Hello, Dave. And not as always, we are here with a very special guest known as the fourth Beatle himself. <laughs> it's Nick Meso Mason. No, no, guys, it's me, Matt Stewart. <laughs> Hello, Matt Stewart. Yeah. We, were, we were involved in a Freaky Friday incident, oh. so it's, it's me. So oh. don't even worry, listeners. If, you, if you're out there, you're like, don't like Nick Mason. Okay. And I know, I know they're out there. I don't believe that well, they are. Let me ask you a question that only Matt Stewart has. <gasps> yeah. Go on. What is your PIN code? St. Kilda? <sighs> Damn it. Football club. It's yeah. true. Yeah, he's mm. good. It's a very, very long code. Yeah. He's God, going to the ATM with Matt. <laughs> he's there for 15 minutes. Put aside half your day, honestly. I put in all the I put in all the best and fairest winners. <laughs> I put, in, <laughs> put in the Norm Smith medal recipient. It's all in there. All right, it's yeah. really mad. But if you had to boil it down to four, it would of course be nineteen sixty six. Of course, that's right. So, how do you get back into your body if that's something you want to do? We're hoping for a bolt of lightning. Yeah, like maybe at a urinal. Like we're we're sharing a urinal. Yeah, and there's a, a lightning strike. <laughs> maybe you're sharing. Yeah, yeah. Playing swords. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That's how it happened. So nothing but the classics. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Maybe you have to learn a lesson, you know, like in Freaky Friday, where she's like, maybe my mum isn't so bad. <laughs> you know, is that the lesson? Was I haven't seen that for a long time. I can't remember. I think it's my mum isn't so bad. I think. Were they at the urinal? Yes. I think I, Matt Stewart, refuse to learn any lessons. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I haven't learned any in 282 episodes of this show, so yeah, I fair. refuse to learn any. Gosh, lessons. he's really good if he's not Matt Stewart. He's done the research. <laughs> he really has. You know, so the episode number. Bloody hell, I Can don't even know that. I know you don't. I don't know what day it is. <laughs> what day is it? St. Kilda versus Collingwood. <laughs> oh, my God. Premiership. Oh, my God. Tism? <laughs> wow, he's pulling out the catchphrases. <laughs> now do a pun because he loves them. He loves puns. But he also doesn't fully understand them, so I mean, no pressure. Yeah, so do Put a you pun. On the spot saying do a pun. And then, well, you could say anything and then just say, is that a pun? More like do a pin. Yes. Yes. St. Kilda. Mm, pun code. <laughs> Guys, I've just been tricking you. It is me. It is Oh, me. my God. I'll trick you the whole time. I convinced you of this weird supernatural occurrence But this that is almost as if, like, you're a friend of ours <laughs> and know shit about us. <laughs> and now I just don't know what to believe I don't anymore. I what to believe. This is crazy. Matt called. Matt messaged me and he said, "Called me up as if anybody calls anybody these days." I he messaged me and he's like, uh, "Can you can you fill in? I've got a gig to do." And he didn't tell me what the gig was. Mm. And it's like I've since learned that it's like quite a like a prestigious like it's a yeah, good it's a, gig. It's a, really it's, like good a gig. it's a great gig, like the like Nobel people, Prize peace ceremony. Like people yeah. people are going to listen. They're going to buy tickets or whatever. But he pitched it like. He was just going to do five minutes of open mic at the at a pub. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I can't come and do the podcast because I've got to. Yeah, got to do open mic. Um, <laughs> Trying out a new bit. Yeah, you know. it's a stressful time leading up to comedy <laughs> festival. You know, we wouldn't uh, wouldn't hold it against him if he did ditch the podcast for a five minute spot because every little bit of stage time right before the festival. Uh, helps, right? But you're right. It is a very good gig that he's doing. And he was like, "Oh, I can see if I can get around." I'm like, "No, just go do the gig and have fun." So but he did inform me he might be rushing back. <laughs> To do yeah. the Patreon because read. So uh, if, if you do not like me being here, uh, he will definitely be back. So just hold out, folks. But then part of me also was like, well, if he doesn't come back, then I'll resume the leader of the most pods in a row without a break. Oh. Because Matt, Matt's still got one in front of me after this. Because okay. I've missed two in my time. But that was about five years ago. So, Wow. Have you Sorry. missed one? No, I've missed. I was. I've missed two when I was in Europe one time. And May, so you right. filled in for one. It was an Elvis episode. That was Matt again. Oh, it was Matt it. and, and him. yeah. It was, it was I've two missed Matt's. heaps. Yeah. You guys have really got to just have days off more. <laughs> you know, 
I mean, sure, like a couple of them were for funerals of close family members, but whatever, <laughs> you that, know? That wouldn't have stopped Matt or I. Take a day. I know. Yeah, you're right. You guys are more dedicated. <laughs> I podcasted live from Aunt Beryl's funeral. <laughs> yeah. Uh, People were telling me to shut up. I said, no, you keep it down. Very, they can hear you, the priest in the background. Very good acoustics in a coffin. You close yeah. it over. Sounds great. Beautiful. Terrific. Yeah. Best yeah. sound printing I, you can And get. I chose a topic that Beryl liked. Yeah. Murder. As a tribute? Yeah, yeah. Murder. <laughs> Just murder. murder. Yeah. <laughs> History of murder. Now, Dave, how does this show work? Well, Jess, we take it in terms of report on a topic often suggested by one of our very dear listeners, and that person uh, goes away, does a bit of research on said topic, brings it back to the group, does a little report. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is my turn to do so. I've done the research. Both of you, neither of you know what the topic's going to be. And uh, we start with a question. My question is, that's a bit of a... Bit of a shit one, to be honest. But uh, when I when, I, when I, I, don't, I don't know about you guys, when I was a kid, I loved doing mazes. You like doing mazes, like a, a book of mazes? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that that was the question. I knew it. Uh, but in the eighties, what was supposedly the hardest maze to escape? Oh dear, the labyrinth. Oh, kind of. It's is it an emotional maze? Yeah. Sorts. Well, there's a lot of emotion in this story. Huh. Maze. It is. Maze, maze b- prison. prison. The maze prison. The maze prison. prison. Oh, the maze prison. prison. Yep. Mm-hmm. Is my guess. My guess is the maze prison. And you'd be cr- prison. Prison. Maze prison. Were you saying prison? <laughs> no, I was saying prison. Oh, you're prison the <laughs> <laughs> It's maze prison in Northern Ireland because this is a jailbreaking episode. Oh. How is maze spelt? Is it M A Z E? M A Z E. Yeah. So named after a town, but then the near where this prison is, but then it obviously got the cool nickname of The Maze. Yeah, like What's that the a lot. town named after? Yeah. A Maze? <gasps> Something amazing. But ah, I didn't research the it. The TV show Amazing. Yes. With James with Sherry. James Sherry. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great show. <laughs> uh, this topic was uh, voted for by the Patreon supporters, put up three topics, and uh, they picked this one, and it's been suggested by two people uh, over the years, and that is by Ted Logan from Melbourne. And from James Deeney in London. Oh, interesting. And was this a bit of a landslide uh, in the vote or, you know, just one? Yes. Of the three topics, uh, it got 50% of the vote. Whoa. So it did uh, quite well. But though the other topics, I must say, they were very tempting to do. Yeah, so, okay. Well, that's good. You so can... hopefully bring them back. Yeah, again. keep them in the back pocket. You'd be disappointed that your one didn't get up. The other ones were two Aussie stories. So. Okay. I just put up, at the time of recording, just put up my uh, the vote for the first live show that we're going to be doing on Sunday. Um, and I put I put two up that I was like, those would be really fun to research, really interesting stories. Put another one in that I was like, they probably won't vote for yeah, it. Yeah, a bit of filler. <laughs> and it's like, it's pretty hard to uh, to research. And that's the one they've chosen. They so can I now smell it, Jess. They I have know. to they watch can smell your fear. six hours of documentary to get information. So thank you, Patreons. Yeah, well, good luck with that. I look forward to hearing about it on Sunday. Mm. A few tickets left if you're interested. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I've got to give you a bit of background. Our story takes place during the Troubles in Northern Ireland. Now, uh, I'll give you and the people at home, in case they don't know, a brief background on what it is for some context, but really it should be its own episode or multiple episodes oh, one day. It's one of those boards with the like the pop things, isn't it? Yeah. Tr- the trouble. Oh, yeah, yeah. the, the yeah. dice in the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's quite a boring game, really, Trouble. Hmm. <laughs> Always played it at my friend Nick's house, though. Oh, was Nick a bit boring? He just liked trouble. I think that I was So bad. that's a yes. Yeah. Nick is boring. Yeah, because I wasn't. Are you still friends with Nick? 
I'm afraid not. That's why. Boring. Yeah, boring. Boring, Nick. Well, All Nick's maybe, boring. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> Firmly agreed. Super boring. <laughs> you look like a trouble fan. But if you're boring, you just speak loudly and with conviction <laughs> and people don't notice. <laughs> speak with the cadence of comedy, even if you're not making any jokes. And when you stop, people laugh. Cause, and then they don't, they don't think about it. And you get to the end and like, they leave and they're like, it didn't, it didn't say anything funny. It was just loud. Yeah. But still, we'll give you an applause. Yeah. Maybe a standing ovation. I once watched a comedian do a gig where they absolutely bombed. Mm-hmm. No laughter. And at the end, they said, thank you so much. Good night or whatever. And then the audience applauded. And then that person said to me, um, I know I've done a good job when they give me that applause. And I was like, no, that's just they're just polite. They're trained. To <laughs> it's just what you do <laughs> between acts. Applauding you leaving. Oh, my God. Oh, you have stuff. not done a good job and you've not learnt anything. And that comedian's name, Nick. <gasps> yeah. Sadly not true. Imagine, though. Uh, so the Troubles. Sorry to bring it back yes. to the Troubles. Also known as the Northern Ireland Conflict was a period. I imagine you know a bit about this, Jess, with your Irish background. <laughs> I do know a little bit. I learnt a little bit when I was in Ireland and Northern Ireland as well. But, um, you know, it is a very complicated and it's very nuanced. Yes. And I, I, will, I should actually preface this by saying I'm uh, trying not tr- trying to take a side here, mm-hmm. trying to be as impartial as possible, presenting a few a few uh, examples of, of, what, of what happened. Yeah. But um, definitely not an expert. O- okay, but this. who are the good guys and who are the bad guys? <laughs> Anyone not named Nick. Whoa. <laughs> Get out of here. Get out of here, Nickies. <laughs> so conflict, it occurred between 1968 and 1998. So 30 years, also a long time to cover. Yeah. Uh, in Northern Ireland, with violence spilling over to the Republic of Ireland, England, and even the mainland of Europe. But most of the action went down in Northern Ireland because that's what the war was about. Mm-hmm. Northern Ireland was and still is part of the United Kingdom. It borders and shares an island with the Republic of Ireland, which is a bit of a confusing sentence, <laughs> but they're spelled differently and written down. Um, it's, it basically is in the top northeast corner, the top right, Jess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bad at geography and Dave knows it and I love it. Uh, the whole thing is very complicated and can probably be traced back as far as the 12th century. Yeah. And I'm not going back that far. It's so complicated. But essentially it boiled down to two sides, unionists or loyalists who desired Northern Ireland to remain part of the United Kingdom, happy with the way it was, and then nationalists or republicans who wanted Northern Ireland to become part of the Republic of Ireland, have one country on that island. Mm-hmm. Uh, the UK loyalists were overwhelmingly Protestant. And the nationalists who wanted to be part of Ireland were mostly Roman Catholics. But it should be noted, however, that despite the use of terms Protestant and Catholic to refer to either side, it was actually not a religious conflict. Right. So that just makes it a little bit more complicated. Just depends on what they had at the at, for, for dinner on Fridays. Yeah. <laughs> Steak yeah. or fish? <laughs> oh. we, we your two options. Big fish and chip Friday fan, got to mm. say. And if that means taking a side, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there was quite a lot of violence during the 30-year conflict. On one side was the British Army and uh, the Ulster Defence Regiment, who were uh, who said they were on a peacekeeping mission. And on the other side was the Irish Republican Army, or the Provisional Irish Republican Army, known as the IRA, or as Provos. Provos. Which, that sounds like a super Aussie sort of thing, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm sad to report, this is all just the preamble, don't worry. We'll be breaking out of prison real soon, guys. Woo-hoo! Thank God. Uh, but it was not a great time in that part of the world, I'm afraid to say. Britannica describes it as, quote, marked by street fighting, sensational bombings, sniper attacks, 
roadblocks, and internment without trial, the confrontation had the characteristics of a civil war. Mm. My goodness. But sensational. Sensational yeah. bombing. So well done. Ooh, it was sexy. <laughs> God, this is a sensation. I'm going to tell everyone about it. <laughs> a bombing sensation. Uh, and this whole period is very much one man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter. Very true. Uh, so the IRA were responsible for a number of bombings that killed uh, many people. It's estimated that between 1969 and 1994, the IRA killed 1,800 people, including approximately 600 civilians. That sounds very bad. Yeah. yeah. But then on the other side, they certainly weren't innocent. On January the 30th, 1972, an event known to history as Bloody Sunday occurred when 30 unarmed Catholic civil rights demonstrators were killed uh, and 15 more were wounded by British paratroopers during a civil rights march in Derry. And this event actually swayed public sympathy towards the IRA and boosted their ranks. Wow. And also was a hit for Bono. Yes. Sunday, bloody Sunday. And the Irish love Bono. Oh, they love him. They love him. The whole world loves Bono. Yeah. It's very, it's one of those guys that everyone likes, you know? Mm. Like the the nice man of rock, like Dave Grohl, Bono. Yes. Jack Johnson. Mm. The Mm. nice guys. They love him. Of rock. (laughs) They should do a nice guys of rock tour. (laughs) That would be true. I just thought he seems nice. And Jack Johnson popped into my head. He does seem really nice. I thought you were going to say Jack Black. I was like, yeah, so he's he's a rocker as well. No, Jack Johnson. Jack Johnson, yeah. I would argue even nicer. Mm. He apparently, oh, man, this is like a fact I heard from my uh, ex-boyfriend and I have never verified, but he said. Where is this going to go? Jack Johnson had such a low, uh, like such low blood pressure. It was like dangerously low. He was like too chilled out. (laughs) Did he also tell you some certain facts about a guy called Chuck Norris? <laughs> so it does sound like. <laughs> I'm going to look it up now. But you continue with your... Was, was your was your ex-boyfriend like a guy who took people's blood pressure before they went on stage know. at gigs? Is this... Who is this? It's like, oh, this very, guy very is... Specific he, what a weird thing to know. Does yeah. he write music because he's chilled or is he chilled because his music is so chilled? He's yeah. around it all the time. Mm. Hard to say. Uh, look, nothing's really coming up. Um... <laughs> When I Google that. Jack so. Johnson, he was just a nine-to-five guy working in an office. He had blood pressure through the roof. And then he wrote one of his own song. And then he yeah. listened back to his own song. And it was just a, a feedback loop. He listened to he gets, Banana gets, Pancakes and was yeah, like, yeah, oh, my yeah. God. He's got so more chill. and more chill every day. <laughs> He'll have that effect. What a nice guy. <laughs> of rock. <laughs> of rock. So there's bombings on one side, there's Bloody Sunday on the other. Just trying to paint the picture that there was lots of violence on either side. And the violence peaked in 1972 when nearly 500 people, just over half of them civilians, lost their lives. The worst year in the entire conflict. And this time period coincided with the opening of May's Prison, 16 kilometres west of Belfast, which opened the year before in 1971, Hmm. which is the same year that Operation Demetrius was introduced in Northern Ireland which was in an attempt to thwart the IRA. Mass arrests were carried out and 350 people suspected of being involved with the IRA were interred without any trial. Huh. Where are they going to put them? (laughs) Guess we'll never know. Good night, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. So they were thrown in in the maze, but it turned out many of the people arrested had little to do with the IRA. Ah, So not great. Whoopsie. Uh, Which obviously pisses off the people you've arrested and also is not a good look for... um, your side. Yeah. and uh, But nevertheless, 
Over the next decade, many of the IRA's most notorious paramilitary offenders were sent to the maze. And this is, again, from Britannica. Just just give you a little taste of what the prison was like. The prison population was divided among... I can't say paramilitary... You Param- just did it. Thank you so much. Along paramilitary lines. <laughs> you know, he's, 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 you've done two in a row, Dave. Uh, I just said it once and I just dropped it in. Uh, it's <laughs> paramilitary. All, it's all because I believed in you. Thank mm-hmm. you. <laughs> uh, each prisoner responsible to his commanding officer. As a result, the prison was the site of many protests and violent activities, including hunger strikes, mass escape attempts and murder. It was considered by some to be a university of terror where both Unionist and national prisoners learnt how to commit deadlier terrorist offences after their release. Yeah, because you're just putting them all together where they can chat. They chat and then they, they like, stick to their, their military ranks. Yeah. And then, you know, they, basically their training whilst they're in prison. Ah. It's not quite what they were going for, was it? No. Seems like a little bit of a whoopsie. Well, the maze was considered Europe's most secure prison. Ooh. In 1976... Was there a moat? There's no moat. Did it honestly. have piranhas in it? There oh, should have question. been. There should have been a moat with piranhas. Mm-hmm. It had nearly everything else you can think of. Okay. Um, we can think of a lot of little stuff. Little umbrellas in the drinks. Oh, good question. Yep, yep. Yeah, of course. I was trying to placate them to yeah. these bad, bad men. They didn't go for that. What that, do you mean? They didn't want a pina colada. Can you but believe that's that? that's so delightful. Exactly. Yeah. Foxtel? Did they have Foxtel? Yeah, they had Foxtel. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. With uh, most of the channels. Oh. They didn't pay for all the sports, but that's... You know, but they had the yeah. good movie ones? Yeah. yeah oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, that's all right. And they had Fox Eight, so they could watch the Simpsons. Oh, Buffy Marathon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Simpsons yeah. every Saturday from nine till twelve, oh, Saturday and Sunday. Good time. I think it was eight till twelve, mate. <laughs> I don't, I don't think then, so. And then if you got up a little bit later, you could watch it on Fox Eight Plus Two. Oh, Plus Two. Oh, I loved that. <laughs> but if you got up too late, you missed them both. Yeah. Tragic. But it's like you're not getting up till two p.m. Exactly. What are you, a hungover 18-year-old? Yeah. Oh, okay then. That was me. Also, TV1, diagnosis murder every day, 10 a.m. <laughs> Gave me a reason to get out of bed. <laughs> Just put a TV in your room. <sighs> Should have done it. You're an idiot. What a fool. Anyway, it's a... It's a. It's very secure, and I'll tell you a bit about it. But in, It's got in, all the things we could think of as well, so it's wild. Including uh, umbrellas and voxel. Aircon? No. Swimming pool? No. <gasps> it doesn't have luxury. It's got oh, the, it's not a hotel. the opposite of luxury. <laughs> huh. Oh. It's got a swimming Why pool. Why would anyone stay there then? Yeah, I wouldn't. Like, I'd stay in a hotel. How much are they paying? Uh, 50. 50? What? <laughs> uh, pounds, as they use in Northern Ireland. Yes. <laughs> 50 pounds. <laughs> hmm. I don't like it's a lot of money back yeah. then. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'd be staying in a hotel. Yeah, this is the 70s. Yeah. I want a pool. No I don't want to go, no go in it, but I want it to be there. Just in case, yeah. yeah. There was no pool, but there was uh, a lot of bars. Okay. But not good bars. Oh, no. Metal bars. Okay. So in 1976, eight new prison blocks were opened within the existing prison, and they were known as H blocks because from the air they looked like the letter H. Oh. Or for our nerdy listeners, they reminded me slightly of TIE fighters from Star Wars. Is that a thing, Meso? Yep. That that is a thing. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Just trying to... They've they've crashed into the ground. Just trying to... Yeah, exactly. Smushed. So just the letter H or TIE Fighter, whatever you want to imagine. I'll be imagining the letter H, please. Fair enough. I don't know what you two nerds are talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There was a 15-foot fence. I'm going to imagine two people doing it. That's what it looks like. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Now I get it. I don't know what Dave's talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Nerd. (laughs) 
doing it, how's it. How's it feel to remain the biggest nerd on the podcast? Oh, come on. Nah. Even I'm here. <laughs> the worst one. Damn nerd, it. Nerd. You're a nerd. No, I'm not. I'm a perv. Yeah. Oh. A perv, but also a virgin. What a combo. I know. Sorry. How's it feel? Oh, God. <laughs> so, there's these H blocks. There was a 15-foot fence surrounding the entire prison. And then each... Yeah, it's a bit... 15 feet's pretty big. It's quite big. And then each H block was surrounded by another five and a half metre high concrete wall. And then both of those fences were topped with barbed wire. All of the gates on the compound were made of solid steel and were electronically operated. And then there were armed British guards standing on top of lookout towers, ready to shoot anyone who attempted to scale a wall to freedom. So it's not a great place. I don't want that job, just being the guard. I mean, I like the fact that you're up high. That'd be fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, what a, what a great view of a prison. <laughs> I hope you got to like climb some fun stairs or a ladder or something yeah, to get there. Yeah, there was a ladder. That'd be fun. I wouldn't mind that. Nice views of a prison. And you wouldn't mind the shooting people. No, I mean, that's the bit I don't like. What? Oh. Yeah. Surely that's why you sign up. Because then I'd just be like, oh, I missed, you know? <laughs> And then mm. I'd probably get fired. Yeah, yeah. They dock your pay, certainly. Because I missed. Cause I didn't missed, kill yeah. anybody. Because <laughs> you didn't fire the gun. You'd prob- yeah. They'd probably put your photo up in the tea room. Miss, miss of the week. <laughs> no? <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd have miss of the month, I'll tell you that. Because <laughs> I keep missing. <laughs> miss <of the> month. <laughs> so uh, these H-blocks would specifically house, the, house those convicted of, uh, quote, scheduled terrorist offences. So, uh, you know, people that are done some terrorising. Sure. So to speak. Essentially, each H block was its own prison that was within a prison, and then the whole thing was inside an army base. Wow. So to break out, you have to escape out of two prisons and then an army base. And because of this, it was considered an escape-proof prison. Why? Don't say shit like that. A statement that I love. Me too, because it's like, oh, now you fucked it. Now you've jinxed yourself. It's like the unsinkable ship. Oh, no, iceberg. It's every time they say it's, it's, it's proof. Yeah. and those What look- if they said the unsinkable prison? Okay. Well, those lookouts. Mm-hmm. Well, that, why do you think they've got lookouts? Sorry, they've binoculars making sure that mm. those icebergs don't make fools of us again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if you see one, you better shoot at it, Jess, or you'll be miss of the oh, year. I'll shoot at an iceberg. You're the natural that? enemy of the human. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's our main predator, yeah? Yeah, Icebergs. I mean, that's why I support global warming. Yeah, me too. Get rid of them. Slowly taking them down. Get rid of them. And also, I don't like the cold weather. Let's make it a little warmer. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. If we could just warm the globe somehow, yes. I'd be all if for that. If it could that. be 25 degrees every day where I am, yeah. that would be great. Yeah. <laughs> but I want the option to travel. So it has to be 25 degrees everywhere. Yes, and also if summer couldn't be hotter. So if we could just have global warming in winter. Yeah. Mesos, is possible? We could get Elon Musk on the line. We'll give him a, give yeah, him a ring. Yeah, I'm sure he's probably. got yeah, ideas. Solve Elon will solve it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, Elon. He's very smart. And then do a witty tweet about it. Yeah, yeah. He is smart and witty. Witty. <laughs> <laughs> so they're in a prison within a prison within an army base. Nuts. You're not supposed to be able to escape. But those in the IRA considered themselves to be prisoners of war and considered it their duty to escape. Okay. They also thought because they were prisoners of war, they should be treated as such and given special status that would mean they didn't have to wear uniforms or do prison work like any other prisoner. Like in Hogan's Heroes. Yes. I honestly thought of that. But then after all, you're like, how long are they wearing that leather jacket for? Does that smell? (laughs) Hogan, wash your jacket. (laughs) And it's going to go out of style eventually. How do you, know? you wash leather? 
Is that a dry clean thing or just yeah, wipe totally. it down with a cloth? The yeah. insides are getting a bit whiffy. You've got to air it. Yeah, you got to air it. But I don't then think you can it seems like it. it's winter all the time there, so you need your jacket. It's mm. very hard. How do you air it if you need to wear it? Yeah, if you need to wear it. Yes. Okay, new demands. We all need at least two leather jackets because yeah. we're going to get yeah. one. We need to rotate them when we need to clean our leather jackets. Yeah, so that's yep. demand number one. Yeah. But also, I'd like to number be able to choose food. choose my jacket. You know, so yeah, like, yeah. maybe we could take us all to the shops. <laughs> we could all get a. We all get all go to Chadston. Yeah, we get a hundred dollar voucher. Yeah, you could get two leather jackets for $100. Well, I'm I've sure. already got one. Of course, we just need another one. Yeah, and the backup one can be pleather. Yeah. Because you're only wearing that when you're airing the other one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. one day a week or something. Why don't you get something different, like a blazer or a bomber yeah, jacket a or something? jean jacket. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. They could all get matching jean jackets. Ooh. May's prison boys yeah. and girls. <laughs> they could get little iron-on patches. Mm. That would be cool. That'd be fun, really, to customize it, make it theirs. You yeah, know. Yeah. So, and then you, and then like I couldn't be like, mate, so that's my jacket. Yeah. You're like, no, it's not. That's not. Mine has a lightning bolt on the right yeah. arm, and you can be like, oh, my apologies, my so, lightning bolt is on my left arm. Uh, has anybody course. seen my jacket? And we'd be able to find it easily. Yes. Because we'd know what it looks like. <laughs> a jean jacket <laughs> with a lightning bolt on, on which the arm? Left. Left arm. <laughs> So well, they thought they shouldn't have to wear uniforms or do work. And for a time in the 70s, they actually got this exemption, but it was revoked in 1976. Hmm. This did not go down well. And in response, nearly 300 Irish Republicans refused to wear their prison uniforms, instead wearing blankets from their cells as clothes. Ooh. That's all they had. Like a Snuggie. <laughs> yeah, they were wearing Snuggies. snuggies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm uh, on board with that. And imagine at night they were tucking in under their uniforms. <laughs> And when this didn't work, they instituted what's called a dirty protest, where they covered the walls of their own cell with their shit. Good. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That's my my yep. next step as well. First step, <laughs> ditch my clothes, just wearing a blanket. Okay, you're not, you're not appreciating that? Sure. Smearing shit everywhere. That's my go-to. Huh. So don't pick a fight with me, Macy. I've... <laughs> She's, I will smear she's shit. Very, I wasn't planning on earlier, but now I will. She's very quick to shit. Because <laughs> I double dog dare you. <laughs> I am quick to shit. She, Jess has already always got one ready to go. Do you know what? I mean, this is a weird side note. But I took my dog for a walk today, <laughs> and it took us 20 minutes to travel 800 metres, and he did two shits in that time. What? Was this a dirty protest? <laughs> Must have been. I don't, I don't want to go mad this... at me about it. I took him for a freaking walk. I don't want to go on this walk. Well, this pavement... <laughs> I'm going to mess it up. I'm going to take a shit right here at the front of a hospital. Oh, really, dude? But then, you, really? Your power, I assume you picked it up. Of course. That's the real power move. Because like, if the, the guard went in there and said, I don't care about this, and just sort of wiped it off the wall. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But they didn't. The conditions were horrific inside the prison. There was Yuck. bugs and maggots and, and shit, shit, on the walls. shit everywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so it was horrible for prisoners and guards alike. I mean, mostly the prisoners, though, I reckon. Probably worse the... than the guards probably got to go home at some point. Yeah. But also, like, do you want to go to work if you know you're just going to deal with poo walls? Poo walls? That's a really good question. You know? Yeah. I wouldn't want to go to work. I didn't sign up to work with no poo wall. Come in here, there's felt walls. There's soundproof walls. You go, oh, this is nice. You know? There's not shit everywhere. Yeah, I I assume no one's ever shat on the studio wall. I don't know for sure. If they have, then someone has done a lovely job cleaning it up. Yes. (laughs) If we were going to speculate who in in this uh, studio would have done that. Ow. Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Probably. Al Trombley. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. quite political. That's yeah. true. It w- oh, it would have been a statement for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, something. And obviously he got his own way because it's cleaned off the wall. Yeah, yeah. And we're very close to the toilet, so you know it's not an accident. You, you know? would have said, here's two in the think tank. <laughs> <laughs> Number two in the think tank. <laughs> <laughs> 
smeared it in. Smeared it in, yeah. And Andy would have cleaned it up because he's a nice boy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there you go. That's how they got their show, The Pop Test. <laughs> yeah, that's how they got it. <laughs> great show, by the way. I love it. You want to check it out? It's a great scientific show hosted by Alistair and Andy from Two on the Think Tank. Great pod. Anyway, the dirty protest, it's horrific conditions. And the IRA prisoners, they're able to send messages to the IRA outside instru- and they instructed them to murder their guards. What? Wow. How are they sending messages? Uh, they were smuggling email. out. Sm- yeah, email. Wow. <laughs> you think that someone would read the emails before they send them, like go through the outbox or something. Yeah. But no, no, there was. There was <laughs> it was probably that era where you could just be like, no, I'm just. All I want to do is raise these pigeons in the prison yard. And they'd be like, that seems fine. Yeah, that's yeah. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's. Jeez, he's been signaling with smoke for a few hours over there. And the pigeons would send the emails. Obviously. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Well trained pigeons. Tiny yeah. little computers. It was very cute. So, no, they would send these little messages uh, t- written in tiny shorthand on tiny, tiny bits of paper, like cigarettes, like filter sized wow. papers, and then somehow smuggle them out to the outside. Wow. And they instructed the IRA, hey, I don't like my guard. Can you take care of him? And according to Irish Central that published a great article about this story that I'll I'll link to, of course, over the five-year period that these strikes took place within the prison, 19 prison officers were killed on the (gasps) outside. Whoa. So they're instructing the people on the outside to assassinate the guards. Holy shit. As well as for five years on and off having these dirty protests and not wearing their uniforms. Another reason this job is no good. (laughs) Awful. Uh, the inmates also protested with a hunger strike, resulting in 10 deaths. Whoa! Including the strike, uh, the leader of the strike, who would become very famous, Bobby Sands. Yeah. Uh, during the strike, he was actually elected to the British Parliament, standing for a party called Anti-H-Block. Remember, he's locked up in an H-Block. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he got elected, but he couldn't serve. Uh, one, because he's in prison, and two, because he died. But his plight and death attracted more attention from the media and from around the world and drove support for the IRA. So he was seen as a very f- mm. central figure to, to wow. uh, the IRA in this time. And you can probably guess that all this stuff led to a pretty frosty atmosphere between the prisoners and the guards. And they called the guards screws. Oh. Yeah. Not talking to you, screw. But that all slowly changed. Oh. It was decided that the prisoners would attempt a daring escape. But they soon realised to do that, they would need more freedom and more intel about how the prison ran. What if you just bashed your way out? <laughs> There's a door. Bash! <laughs> oh, you meant the guards. No, you literally mean like, like the Hulk. Someone tried to stop me. Bash! <laughs> now the door. Bash! Jess, you wouldn't even have to do that. You could just threaten you to do that. You'd be like, listen, <laughs> you let me out or else I'm going to bash you. I'm going to bash, bash that door. I'll bash you. <laughs> I'll bash that. I'll bash the gate. I'm going to bash do... everything. And you, think like... you think it's worth it? And they would just open yeah, it. They're yeah, they're like, yeah. oh, God, that sounds expensive. Yeah. But if I let you out, I can close the door and the door won't be broken. Yeah. <laughs> and I won't be bashed. <laughs> Step this way. <laughs> bash! <laughs> but yeah, that... Oh, you bash me anyway. <laughs> you'd be unsatisfied because you'd really geared yourself yeah. up to bash your way out. <laughs> Did anybody think about bashing their way out? Well, oh... <laughs> I've got a slight story of bashing. We'll get to a bashing story. <laughs> Hooray! Hooray! <laughs> we did it. <laughs> well, they realised that they would need um, more intel about how the prison ran and more freedom to get away with any plot. Mm. So they decided to slowly but surely change their aggressive behaviour towards the guards and slowly win their favour. 
get the guards to let their guards down. Oh. <laughs> but that's their whole job. Yeah. It's the yeah. whole thing. Mm? If you're not guarded as a guard, mm. you're doing everything wrong. That's right. Well, you're going to get bashed. Well, that is... Bashed! <laughs> 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 <Ha>, ow! <laughs> shit, I'm the cleaner. I was trying to clean off oh, the shit sorry, in yourself. Sorry about that, but bashed! <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Before my right arm was injured, now they're both injured. <laughs> I think you've corked it. <laughs> yeah, corked ya. Give me a corky. What if they corked their way out? Yeah, cork away. And then, you know, cork uh, their way out to cork. No, yeah, thank you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Very good. Uh, in November 1982, the Republican prisoners presented themselves for work, something they'd previously protested against. They said, uh-huh. oh, well, yeah, okay, we'll walk around here. And the jailers and the British government saw an opportunity for a propaganda win to be like, see, even the most, the hardest IRA people are now working for us. So they happily agreed. Oh, boy. Uh, this was an important step in getting more access to the prison. They were suddenly assigned jobs and access was given to the kitchens, places like the concrete factory, the woodwork shop, and even vegetable gardens around the place. And who um, was, like, cleaning the pool and stuff? Was that also guards or...? No, pri- yeah, prisoners were allowed. Prisoners, yeah, pool prisoners, boys. Sorry, yeah. Oh, yeah, great. Man. Yeah, cool, 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 cool. They what are. if you turned on the Foxtel and it was just like like the blue, like that blue screen and you couldn't, like the channels, you couldn't. Oh, wait, who, we, who would tune the Yeah, who yeah, tunes tune the, the Foxtel? Fox we call it a tech, which is also a prisoner. Yeah, nice. Oh, great. Okay, yeah, yeah cool. cool. There's oh, a, great. There's a pool boy, Foxtel yeah. boy, yeah, yeah. Yeah. gardening boy. <laughs> and bartender? Bar boy. Bar boy. Oh. Yeah. Dynamite supply? Who? who uh... Dino boy. I don't know right. And what about for any bashing needs I oh. might have? No, that, that was basher. Yeah, bash, bash your bill. <laughs> bash! Ow, Bill, fuck! <laughs> Shit, we're on the same side here. We're trying to butter up the guards. Bashing Bill's got a bash, sorry. <laughs> I want to make it very clear to anybody listening. Obviously, you can't see the gestures I'm doing when I yell bash, mm. but they're very flimsy punches. I don't know. I believed I, you did. You did a, a very powerful uppercut earlier, and I, <laughs> I believed that the the person you bashed was flung into the air. Yeah, right. Yeah, like I, I, over the horizon. I flinched. Like Popeye. Yeah, great. Okay. Yeah, your guns are massive. Thank you. Yes, they are. Put them away. Okay. <laughs> so you but- did it, folks. <laughs> Theater of the mind. <laughs> <laughs> so before all this, they had no idea about the layout of the prison. When transported around the jail, they were put into blacked-out vans or made to wear head coverings so they really couldn't take stock of their surroundings. Now they were actively looking for signs of weakness and ways they could escape. They got valuable intel from the guards, who they started referring to by their first name instead of their last name or screw. Morning, John. Sorry, what? (laughs) You usually call me dickhead. He likes me. He really (laughs) likes me. I'm getting through to him. I'm chained. Dear diary, <laughs> one of the prisoners called me John today. <laughs> Which was nice, but also my name's Chris. Goes home, tells his wife. And I got bashed. <laughs> Our bill, fuck. <laughs> so some real swings and roundabouts today. <laughs> they also started chatting about football and, you know, social things. I yeah. Guess. Some of the guards were suspicious at first, but most thought they'd finally just broken the prisoners and they were happy. Okay. Mm. What did you think about Buffy today? Say? <laughs> yeah, oh God, he's really lost it. Did you catch Buffy today? <laughs> Don't worry, there'll be an encore later on no, if you missed right, it. That's right. Starts in about 15 if you want to go and check it out. I personally prefer Angel. <laughs> Slowly, the prisoners were able to get little bits of information out of the guards about shift changes and what days were busiest for them. <laughs> Just imagine them being like, so if you were to break out of this prison, when would you do it? 
Is there any, um, I don't know, like uh, weak points? Yeah, what would you say? What, would you say? <laughs> what are the top five weak points? Yeah. Maybe write them down for me. <laughs> uh, it seemed like inane chit-chat, but the prisoners were slowly putting together all the information to form a bigger picture of the prison and how it ran. The guards also got more comfortable with the prisoners being closer to them and hanging around in places that were previously off-limits. Oh, like, like the outside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, just Bill's two, out there. Just give two minutes, then I'll come back. Just give me... Oh, okay. Just give me, yeah, yeah, I'm just going to have a smoke. Just want to stretch my legs yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's fine. You'll come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course I will. It, hey, John, it's me. Oh, <laughs> Would be, I run off? I'll be back for Angel, because <laughs> yeah. I know you like Angel the most. Yeah. So. Also, it's Chris. <laughs> Nah, I'm just kidding when I call kidding. you John. It's a nah, nickname. Great, great, great. We're besties. Um, Bash. John, John, why are you, uh, Bill, why are you getting into the car, my car and driving it away? <laughs> why are you hot wiring my car, Bill? So they're just hanging out. And aerial photographs taken by the media were also smuggled into the prison to give them a better idea of the layout of the camp. Oh, my wow. God, we're stuck in here. There's walls and everything. I don't know. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, my God. This is going to be harder than I thought. Maybe that original plan of bashing our way out wasn't so dumb after all. <laughs> I love that looking at them. Oh, so that's why they call them H-Box. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I guess I thought they just had A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Yeah, I thought it was an H-Block. I'm going to write an epic sci-fi movie about these blocks. TIE Fighters. <laughs> George Lucas. That's good stuff. He's in the prison. Oh, it's George like Lucas was there. He was, in, he was in there. Oh, jeez. What an origin story. The more you learn. <laughs> According to Iris, the Republican magazine published in 1993, the whole operation was a bit ramshackle at first with men wanting to escape and some just going for it on their own. Okay. Enter Bill the Basher. <laughs> One man <laughs> smuggled in a hammer. Oh, dear. His, his plan was he blasted Springsteen's Born to Run on a record player as loud as it would go. Whilst and ha- not one of the nice men of rock. <laughs> exactly. Baby, I was born to run. He blasted that whilst hammering or bashing, if you will, into the concrete wall, apparently oblivious to the fact that the whole prison could hear him bashing. Oh, honey. <laughs> so that didn't end well. That was stopped. Oh, that's silly. In 1983, it was realised they'd have to work together for any real chance of success, and they set up an escape committee headed by Larry Marley, who had formed for escaping from dozens of prisons. In fact, in 1978, he had nearly escaped May's prison whilst dressed as a prison warden, but was captured before reaching the prison perimeter. Which, now I say that out loud... the warden walked in. (laughs) (laughs) Nude. Because he didn't have his uniform. (laughs) But I love that I've said that he nearly escaped, captured before reaching the prison perimeter. That's not nearly escaping. No. (laughs) Well, he got... He, he got through a couple of he's doors. Just, he's as close as anyone else inside the perimeter. Through that moat, you know. Yeah, that's right. Well, five years had gone by, and he didn't want to spend months coming out with a plan for one or two people to escape. No, no, no. He wanted to bust out many people at once. Larry said, "The key is to think bigger than them. We didn't. We don't want to refine their system. We want to crush it." Okay. Because his worry was if two people get out, they'll go, oh, there's the weakness. We'll just stop that. Yeah, they can't right. do that anymore. But he was like, if we get shitloads of people out, we can also all, all go back to the IRA and really help our campaign. But it's a big dream. This, they've, they've said publicly, this is an escape-proof prison. He's like, oh, I don't want two people. I want dozens of yeah. people to escape. Communicating with the IRA on the outside with secret messages smuggled in, H-Block was approved... Uh, H-Box 7, I should say, was approved for an escape attempt. 
It was run as a need-to-know operation, and to protect the plan and the escapees, many of whom were only told a certain section of the overall plan. That way it would be harder for someone to rat on the attempt. It, and it was drilled into them, if you slip up or if you found out telling anyone that doesn't need to know the thing that you've been told, you won't be allowed to escape with us. We'll leave you behind. First rule of Fight Club. Have a great time. Have a great time. Yes, great. <laughs> just do, do your best. Do Enjoy your best. yourself. Yeah, that's yeah. right. It's just, we're all about friendship. Also, mm. no shirts, no shoes. Mm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> But no one wants to be left behind, so that so everyone's like scared into silence because they're like, yeah. "Well, shit, I want to get on board." Because I think, I mean, if I could put myself in their shoes, I reckon I would want to be one of the ones who got out. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think I'd want to stay in. That sounds like something a rat would say. No, I'm not. Shut up, bash. <laughs> oh. So <laughs> <laughs> you get bashed. Call me a rat. I'm a little mouse. I'll bash you. <laughs> A very violent mouth. <laughs> so Sunday, September 25... Five. 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 Fifth, I was going to say, but then I went for five. 1983 was chosen as the day for the attempt. Months of planning, taking little notes, interrogating guards without them knowing has led to this day. Wow. They chose Sunday. It was the one day when visitors weren't allowed and less work was performed by prisoners. No football or other recreational activities were played. And because of this, less, less staff were required right. for supervision. What was the date again, sorry? September 25, 1983. For a second, I, I, I got the 83 and I got the 25 and I was thinking December and I was like, why haven't you mentioned it's Christmas Day? <laughs> <laughs> None of them realised. <laughs> September, got we it. We all got files in our plum puddings <laughs> and we saw those bars off. <laughs> right. Gotcha. So there was less guards on Sundays Guys, in the age. I got this sanity voucher for Christmas. So if, <laughs> if I could just go out and spend it out of sanity, get a, oh, get yeah, an album right. of some sort. Well, what are you going to get? Uh, but no more Bruce Springsteen. I'm sick of you blasting him while you hammer at the wall. He's the best music to bash to. <laughs> I've baby, said too much. Baby, I was bashed to run. <laughs> I'm going to get the song Escape, the Pina Colada song. <laughs> Great track. Which was probably out by then. Oh, we can also... It's a sad couple in that song. You know? Yeah. Tragic. I yeah. was tired of my lady. Oof. We'd been together too long. Ugh, yuck. Yeah. Like a worn out recording of your favourite song. Which is Escape the Pinnacle. Yeah, exactly. yeah, 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 yeah. And also you can use those little umbrellas that we've smuggled in. Okay. <laughs> Love a pinnacolada. <laughs> so less guards on a Sunday in the H block, but there were still 24 guards on duty inside this block. 16 of them, with four in each wing of the H-block, were detailed to directly supervise prisoners on their wings, and six officers were deployed to fix posts on or around the circle. Uh-huh. Now, the circle was the name for the area across the middle of the shape of the H, the little bar bit in the middle. Uh-huh. So the circle. Mm-hmm. I would have called it the bar bit. The bar bit. But, but then I suppose the prisoners would have got their hopes up, as we probably said. Yeah. yeah. Like, let's get, some, get something at the bar bit. Yeah, let's get a, let's get a hit the bar bit. Well, the bar bit controlled movement around the block. This was sort of a control centre with computer screens and intercom to the outside world. It was essentially the control centre. Right. Mm-hmm. 
Most of the staff were regulars on the block, but one guy had come back after a few months away and was startled by the change in relationship between prisoners and guards and couldn't believe that they were all using each other's first names. Hmm. He was actually alarmed by this, but was told the attitude and vibe had changed and everything was fine. Hey, man, we're a chill prison now. We're cool now. You've been away. Some things have changed. I know that can be a bit weird for you, man, but you just got to get on board. I mean, I was here three months ago and they were throwing shit at my face and now they're high-fiving me. Yeah. Just relax. What would you prefer? A high five or shit in your face? I'd say be grateful. Okay? We've done some good work here. And we've turned them all around. Okay? In three months? Yeah, a bit of a dick. To be perfectly honest, welcome back. Here's your cake. But honestly, been a bit of a dick. Well, I spent three months figuring out ways I could get back at the prisoners for throwing shit at me. And now I'm going to look like a dick when I pull a prank on them. <laughs> I've been pooled in this bucket yeah, for three months. Three, I've got 12 weeks of shit Ready in this bucket. Ready to go? What, yeah, what, what am I going to do with it? Now I'm getting high fives? <laughs> Jesus. I suppose I could smear some poo on my hands for the high fives. <laughs> yeah, that'll get them. Give, them every, give everyone a pooey high five. Oh, but then I have poo on my hands. Yeah. <laughs> Worth it. <laughs> uh, it should be noted that within the H, none of the guards carried firearms. So the only weapons they had were batons of sorts. Okay. Basically, I think the idea is that if there's no guns in there, the prisoners can't get access to it. Yeah, gun. sure, mm. that makes sense. But I'd want a bazooka. As a guard or a prisoner? Um, <laughs> both. Or to bash my way out. <laughs> with a bazooka. So or in. <laughs> so you're bashing the wall like with the bazooka. Yeah. Not shooting it, just bashing it whole. Be the Hulk and just smash shit. Some sort of She-Hulk. Am I angry? <laughs> hmm. What's going on with me? <laughs> we, we, I think maybe we're a breakthrough. Yeah, a breakthrough I think I'm a little now. bit mad. Yeah. Just want to bash some stuff. I think I just need to go to one of those rooms where they give you a baseball bat and a bunch of plates, and you can just bash shit. Mm, yeah, I'm gonna go there. That does seem fun. I'm gonna work some stuff out. Dave, do go on. I'm going to play some mini golf. <laughs> okay. Um, so the guards don't have guns, but an integral part of the mission was to get the guards to surrender immediately and quietly without alerting the rest of the prison. And to do this, it was decided that the prisoners would need guns. Oh. So six handguns were somehow <laughs> smuggled into the prison. And as of 2008, 25 years later, when a documentary was made on this escape, it still has never been revealed how the IRA managed to get six handguns into a secure prison. But now they were armed and the guards weren't. Oh, boy. Wow. That's not good. Sort of tips the, the, you know, slightly in your favour. Could we figure it out? I think we could, if if we, the brain trust, I think we could probably figure out how they got the guns in. Cool, we reckon. Um, Butt gun? Yeah, butt gun, certainly. Butt gun? You know, in a butt. Um... Put it in a butt. Yeah. Put in that really tough Irish bread. Yeah, yeah. soda bread. Yeah, yeah, bake it in. Bake in some, bake it in, yeah. yeah, yeah. Beef and Guinness and gun pie. And they were yeah. like, oh, yeah. yeah, I guess I guess that's on the, always on the menu. Here yeah. you go. Here's your beef and Guinness and gun pie. All right. Yeah. Can I have the gun on the side, though? <laughs> I just, I don't like, you know, I like to mix it in when I. Ugh, you like fussy it. prisoners. <laughs> but but all yes, right. all right. Yes, you can have the gun pie. It is side. two months till <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> Three months. Fuck. (laughs) Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. 
Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library, and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching! <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalized results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI... Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. (laughs) And edit it. (laughs) Hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music, or eBooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. (laughs) (laughs) And you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Um, So they've got guns. Five of the prisoners involved in the plot uh, were Brendan Bick McFarlane. See, I was wondering when we're going to get to the colourful characters. Mm. Oh, yeah. So Bick, B-I-K McFarlane. Bick. Brendan Mead. Couple of Brendans. Mm -hmm. Bobby Story. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Jerry Kelly. Yep. And Tony McAllister. Oh, these are some good names. And according, good Irish names. According to the Belfast Telegraph, each was serving a long sentence for serious terrorist offences. McFarlane, Mead and McAllister were serving life sentences for murder. Kelly was serving two life sentences for causing explosions in London, resulting in serious injury to approximately 200 innocent people. And Story was serving 18 years for possessing firearms and ammunition. So they're not great, are they? So they've all been around they the block. They probably just let him keep them. In the prison. Yeah. Yes. That's why, they f- how they got him Forgot in. to pat him down. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you can't pat them all down. No, that's true. How, I mean, how can you be how expected can... to? It's at work. Bloody You'd be hell. constantly patting. <laughs> Just all day. They then wondered how they could possibly get out of the prison once they'd taken the block. That's the next, next worry. It was noted that a food delivery truck drove around the prison several times per day and was rarely, if ever, searched. Over time, the guards on the checkpoints had let down their guard a little bit and started letting in the truck driver based on sight alone. They knew him well. They trusted him, you know. When he pulled up at the gate, they'd be like, hey, how's your morning? They'd have a catch-up, let him in. Don't, why are they going to search the truck? They yeah. know him. He's a good guy. The prisoners hoped that if they could take the prison area, they could change into guard uniforms and then get to the truck, then they'd be able to drive out the front door without the alarm ever being erased. Okay. Raised. Perfect. Okay. So at 2.30... In the afternoon, the men put their plan into action. Bick McFarlane had already noted the names of all the officers in the block. The prisoners needed 12 officers' uniforms to pull off this escape attempt and needed to match the prison uh, prisoner with the officer whose clothes they would steal. So he's, he sized everyone up and said, he's about a small, got a medium here, right? Greg's got a large. Wow. You don't want to, yeah, you don't want to, you don't want to mess that up. You don't want to be... Nobody right. swimming. He could office. also do yeah. like a little prank and be like, "Oh, sorry, match up the smallest guard with the biggest prisoner." Yeah, bit of tiny. fun. So, yeah, t- tiny. Bit of fun. He can't even get his shirt done up. 
Mm. Lol. And, and you got to remember that this guard is a winter and this guard is an autumn mm. and the colours are going <laughs> to... Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. You know. I'm assuming the guards are all wearing uniforms like that are the same but different colours to match their palettes, mm. right? Mm. Yeah, Their exactly. colour wheels. Yeah, different yeah, eyes, yeah. different hair. Yeah. Can't put yeah. me in brown. Oh, <laughs> yeah, That is a crime. Greens and mm. blues over here. Mm. Thank you very much. Thank you. Dave, you can obviously pull off any colour. Yes. <laughs> Even a shirt with bananas on it. Yeah. Mm. I don't know oh. how he does it, but he does. Rainbow uniform for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really stand out in that crowd. <laughs> So the aforementioned five men, Bick McFarlane, Brendan Mead, Bobby Story, Jerry Kelly and Tony McAllister walked into the circle, which is the uh, control room, uh, under the pretext of doing their jobs around the prison. What? McFarlane went out to the bins as he normally did. He was the bin boy. The others placed themselves within line of sight of each other and in positions that enabled them to shadow each member of staff on duty in the circle. So they're watching everyone Mm -hmm. very closely. The code word for the beginning of the operation was bumper, which was the name of the machine used to polish the floors. Oh, yeah. So once the prisoners heard McFarlane shouting bumper, the attempt was on. Then also the prison prison guards would be like, why is he yelling bumper? Mm. He'd be yelling, escape attempt, escape attempt. (laughs) It's go time, bitches. (laughs) They'd be like, what? And once this was shouted, a 90-second countdown began, beginning with the group silently capturing four officers who were gathered in one room. They decided to use aggressive language and extreme verbal aggression to get the prison officers to do what they wanted. But they were worried that they had to be forceful, forceful but quiet, and that whisp- whispering would be less threatening than intended. So they actually practiced what they were going to say. Oh, my God. That's kind of cute. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> They're really scripted. Hairbrushing. So they started right? going... We don't want to have to hurt you, but we wit line. <laughs> what is that? And then we don't want to have to hurt you, but uh, if you could get on the ground, yeah, that'd be really good for me. That'd be good for all of us, because then you don't have to get hurt. But take off your clothes, please. I'm gonna give you two options. You can either you can either let us tie you up or bash. We're gonna mm. bash you. I can bash. Sorry, Jerry, I can't hear you. Bash. I'm gonna bash you. Who's gonna bash? Who's got cash? No. What? No cash. Bash. Unfortunately. They found the only older guard with terrible hearing. <laughs> what? Look, I'm going to bash you. Oh, and everyone knows. Yeah, everyone's heard it now. God. They also decided they would only use violence if absolutely necessary, as they wanted to escape. They wanted the escape to be portrayed positively in the media. Okay. They want the IRA to look needlessly violent. These are people who are in prison because of violence. Yes, but they they wanted it to be like, we escaped without hurting any innocent yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Even thinking, though previously we've heard a lot of innocent people. Hey, mm-hmm. it's a new day. That's right. So Bobby's story... We're just, en- living, we're just living our truth, you know? Yeah, I respect yeah. that. Yeah. Bobby's story entered the room with four prison officers. He and another prisoner then produced the guns and pointed them at the heads of the officers and quietly demanded that they get on the ground. He also did uh, the badass move of cocking his gun to prove it was real and not just a replica. Well, that's good. So it was like, get on the ground. Sorry, did you just say chick? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> did you call me chick? Am I a chick? My name's Chris. Why can't anybody remember For my fuck's name? Sake. Uh, from then on, it was a chain reaction. The whole operation was done by line of sight and signalling. So as soon as one officer was taken down, the next prisoner stepped up and took the next officer. 
Through signaling each other via several lookouts placed around the prison, they were able to quickly and very, very quietly take most guards out of action one after the other. Shit. And do it extremely silently. The hardest and yet most important part of the job, though, was to take care of the officer in the circle, the control room that connected the block to the greater prison outside. One slip up there and they could alert the authorities and the escape attempt would be instantly over. Right. Because they had an intercom, a panic button, a radio and a telephone. Yeah. Now, in theory, the circle should have been very secure. Oh, dear. Oh, no. Starting any sentence with, in theory. And in practice, it was. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't get nowhere. So that is the end. It was supposed to be protected by a solid bulletproof door fitted with a high-security lock, which was then further protected by a metal grill gate immediately outside the door. Okay. But it was protected by um, marshmallow, <laughs> some, some marshmallow. And they just ate their way through. Yep. <laughs> um, num, num, it num, took num, six num, hours. Num. <laughs> oh, worth it. But because of a defect in the design of the H-blocks, there was no effective ventilation in these communication rooms. And it was not uncommon for the officers working in them to open the solid door and then rely on the open grill gate to secure the room. Mm. Get in a bit of fresh air. This design fault was identified to the appropriate headquarters department shortly after the blocks were opened in the mid-1970s, but nothing was done to correct the problem. just typical? So typical. It's like when you tell the landlord that your hot tap doesn't uh, turn on or off without being tightened by an Allen key first, and they take... Several months to still not do anything. For example, off the top of my head. Yeah, yeah. And then you escape from prison. Yeah. And they're like, oh, nuts. Should have done something about that. Mm-hmm. You've got such a vivid imagination. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that felt so real. Yeah. Yeah, that would be frustrating for someone, I Yeah, imagine. but surely it can't be. Surely not. Who would put up with that? An idiot, probably. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. a, like a wuss. Big like old dum dum. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'd get... say stand up for yourself. You know? Nah, 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 nah. Yeah, yeah. I'd go on a dirty strike if I was you. Okay. Honestly, if you want something done, smear shit all over my shit house. on the wall. Yep. That Allen key will be tightened by close of business. <laughs> okay. And the shit? The shit. Well, I mean, now you've got hot water to clean it up. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's a great system. I'm listening. Yeah, you want your rent dropped? I mean, shit hypothetically, hypothetically. Yeah, hypothetically. Mm. Hypothetically, shit on your wall. <laughs> uh, when planning the operation, they'd noted down the four people who worked in the circle and only rated one of them as likely to give them any trouble. So it's a one in four chance. Not bad. A certain John Adams, nicknamed Grizzly. <laughs> and wouldn't you know it, Grizzly was rostered on that day. Of course. Oh. In the morning, Bick had already asked him, Working half a shift today? And then when he'd said, no, I'm here all day, Bick had been like, oh, fuck. Yeah, we're screwed. Fuck. But luck Don't was- I let your guard down at all, Grizzly? You going to do that today? You know, going to keep this gonna, door open? That'd be really good for me. Going to turn your back at any point, Grizzly? <laughs> well, luck was also slightly on their side because the big door was open for airflow and just the grill door was used. Essentially, it looked like a classic bars in a prison cell. Mm. Yeah. Meaning you could easily walk up to it and point a gun through the bars at the person on the other side. And that is exactly what Jerry Kelly did. He walked up to the bars and pointed a gun at Grizzly Adams and said, Don't fucking move. Get on the ground. This is an IRA operation. If you move, I'll shoot. If you do what I tell you, you won't be hurt. If anybody phones here, you ask him what the problem is, you then take 30 seconds, and whatever the problem is, you go back to him and say, look, that's been sorted. Okay. 
Adams then said, what if they don't believe me? To which Kelly responded, you make them believe you. Okay, now we've got to act under pressure. <laughs> Fuck. God. Oh, would you look at that? It's all sort of, turns out, I hadn't even plugged the kettle in. <laughs> um, but now it's all good. So, hooroo! <laughs> and now we're on a space station. Yeah. <laughs> What's happening here? You've gone too deep into the yes and. <laughs> yeah. Is everything okay over there? Yes. Yeah. And I've we're got... the zoo! <laughs> yeah. All space jump! I've got a beautiful tutu on. <laughs> Okay, it sounds like um, things are really bad over yeah. there. They are, yes! yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I require assistance. I'm going to need an occupation. <laughs> so he, this is actually, Kelly said you make them believe you. That's what he recalled in a documentary 25 years later. So I'm not sure if he's just making himself okay, seem so more bad. Spoiler badass. alert, he's still alive. Jerry mm, Kelly's still, yeah. still alive. And people from Northern Ireland will definitely know this guy, which we'll talk about at the end. Oh. But all seemed under control until a prison guard unexpectedly came out of the ladies' toilets and distracted Kelly standing there with a gun. Were they a female prison guard? I think it was a man, and I have no idea. No one ever addressed why That's they were a in funny the toilet. At thing to note, so specific, came out of the ladies' toilets. Yeah, I guess maybe they were. They had the guns on the. Like they were prepared for the men's toilets because all the guards were men. But maybe they were like. Come on. Surely no one's using the ladies. That'd be rude. Probably cleaner in there. Yeah, yeah but it turns out. Bit of some, privacy. He was doing yeah. number two. Yeah, yeah. Is that guy collecting his shit in a bucket? Yeah, he's a nervous <laughs> pooper. No, there's no women in this prison. I'll do it in there. No one will know. Perfect. So th- this guard comes, comes out of nowhere. He was overpowered quick, uh, quite quickly. But Adams, Grizzly, the one that might cause trouble, he was on the floor of the circle. He noticed that Kelly, who was holding the gun, was distracted for a second. Oh, dear. And he went for either an alarm or his nightstick. It's not not clear. Kelly responded by quickly firing two bullets. <gasps> First one missed, but the other hit Adams, and he collapsed with a bullet to the head. Oh, no. Uh, spoiler alert so you don't hate this. He survives. Okay. But he got shot. In the head. In fact, despite being shot above the eye, 30 <gasps> seconds later, he gained consciousness and Kelly asked him, why'd you, why'd you do that? And Adams responded, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You've destroyed the part of my brain that had my memory in it, so I don't remember anything <laughs> that's happened. You shot me right before. through the memory. I don't know why. Who I'm are you here. and why are we at the zoo? <laughs> Just above the eye and he survived. He survived, yeah. That's incredible. That amazing? How lucky. Maybe he's a tiny little gun. Oh, that makes sense. Was it a tiny little gun? Is that what you failed well, to Well, maybe. Well, it was a little handgun. Importantly for the prisoners, maybe this makes sense that it's small because no one outside the block heard the shots. Oh, wow. They were small. worried that it was instantly going to be over. Holy shit. But the cover's not blown. So we shot him and then they've had this baffling conversation of why'd you do that? And he went, I don't know. I don't know. Why'd you shoot me, mate? It's like, yeah, when you're trying to reason with a toddler. Why'd you do that? I don't know. I'm three. I'm disappointed. I'm not, I'm not mad, but I'm disappointed. <laughs> Why? And I'm bleeding from the head. <laughs> what wound. a day I'm having. <laughs> Tell you what. So they'd taken the block with precision in under 20 minutes. It's now under their complete control. Wow. You, or, know, you know when you put off a job for a really long time and mm. then you do it finally? It takes no time no at all. You're like, I could have done this 20 years ago. Yeah, you leave sheets in the in a in a washing basket. They're yeah. clean, but you can't be fucked folding them. Mm. Then you <sighs> do it and it takes five minutes. That's and you're what like, they would have been thinking. They would have been like, oh. Gosh, this was it. easy. And all I had to do was shoot a man in the head. Should have yeah. done this ages ago. Yeah. Go with silly duffers. Yeah. And you know what? The next time I'm in prison for 20 years, I'm going to yeah. do the exact same thing. Yeah. You know? What am I like? Yeah, it gets to year 18 and you go, all right, 
we Better go. get into action. <laughs> so all the officers who were captured uh, were then brought into the same room with their he- hands tied behind their backs and pillowcases placed on their heads to hide the identities of their captors. And so they looked like little ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> Twelve of the guards were stripped and the prisoners put on their uniforms. Do they leave their undies on? I think they did. Give yeah. them a little bit of dignity. Yeah, but you've got to have authentic yeah, prison get in, guard underpants. Got to get into otherwise. character. Yeah. So they, they give them their clothes. No, I think they just left them there in their boxes. Oh, that's a bit embarrassing, isn't mm, it? Yeah. I feel a bit self-conscious about my body. I don't want everybody looking <laughs> oh, at me. stop looking at it. Stop looking at me. <laughs> Except that one guy who's like, oh, no, don't take my clothes. Yeah, don't. No, don't. don't. Oh. Do it. <laughs> I've been working out for ages. Yeah. <laughs> Roll me over so you can see my abs. It's worth it. They're very <laughs> Please, impressive. They're really good. Uh, then the prisoners were then read a statement saying, it's funny because now the prisoners are the guards. Anyway, the guards were read a statement <laughs> saying, this is an IRA operation. We're not here for revenge or to punish you over the hunger strikes, but if you interfere with the escape, you will de- be dealt with swiftly. Oh, the next stage of the plan was to commandeer the food truck driven by David McLaughlin. Oh, McLaughlin. <laughs> oh. Oh. Sorry. Oh, hi. Oh. came out food of Food truck. <laughs> oh. It's been getting very Irish in here, let me tell you. <laughs> well, he arrived on time half an hour later and was taken at gunpoint. And Bobby Story said to him, this block is now in the hands of the IRA. All screws who obeyed our orders are safe, but one who didn't was shot in the head. We will shoot anyone who endangers our planned escape, including you. Not surprisingly, McLaughlin cooperated. And we're taking all your tacos. Yeah. It's a taco truck. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, the prisoners were then loaded into the back of the truck, presumably with all the tacos. Mm. Guess how many prisoners were loaded in the back? Oh. Uh, Eight. Four (laughs) hundred. Somewhere between eight and four hundred. You're right. Nice. Thirty-seven. Nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> this is an escape-proof prison, and they just loaded thirty-seven prisoners into the back of the truck. Jerry Ke- uh, Kelly, who's the one who'd already shot someone, crawled into the footwell of the truck, and he held his gun on the driver McLaughlin, who they needed to get through the front gate. Remember, his face is recognised by yeah. the people. Kelly, so he's crouching down out of sight, but the gun is trained on the head mm-hmm. of McLaughlin. He asked McLaughlin how much he got paid, and he sa- he answered, not fucking enough. Mm. Yeah, it's fair. Which yeah. is pretty McLaughlin good McLaughlin is not having a good day. No. Seconds ago, he was about to, you know, have a knockoff taco. Yeah. That's right. So he knows they always order too many. Yeah, yeah. I love tacos in the, in the 80s in... In Northern Ireland, Ireland yeah. yeah, for sure. They love. It was a big taco a ta- renaissance at yeah, the time. Right. Yeah, a taco's yeah, yeah. from Ireland? I believe so. I've never known where they're from. I love them. Yeah. I love Irish food. I love Irish food. God, Irish food, Irish culture. Yeah. Bono. I love Bono. Oh, Bono loves a burrito. Yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. Is that also yeah. Irish? Yeah. yeah, I believe so, yeah. Makes sense. Incredible. Makes sense if he loves them. Yeah. So they drove to the control room of the main gate, which was known as the Telly Lodge. Oh. I don't know I why. I say I don't like it. Telly Lodge. Lodge. Telly Lodge. I don't like it either. It took me about four times of them saying it in the documentary I watched in their Irish accents before I realised, oh, Telly Lodge is what they're saying. Uh, the 12 prisoners, because this is a phrase I'd never heard. <laughs> the, and then, it's, it's bad. Stupid, stupid <laughs> phrase. The 12 prisoners dressed in guard uniforms went inside the main lodge and pulled out their weapons and captured the guards inside. Nice. Then the phone rang in the lodge. Oh, no. They told a guard to answer it. And with two guns pointed at his head... One's they, not enough. 
They said, answer the phone. If you say a wrong word, it will be your last word. <laughs> Which would have been cool if they just said last, but... What the hell? It sounds on. like they actually said word to us. Yeah. If you say the wrong word, it would be your last word. But have they given him a list of right and wrong words? How does he know what's wrong? Good question. That's a great question. What's he's like? What's what am I supposed to say then? Woozle wazzle. Yeah. If, <laughs> if I say woozle wazzle, is that wrong? Yeah. Will that be my last word? The phone's word? been ringing for six minutes because he went <laughs> out. Fine. All right. These are a list of banned words and these are a list of appropriate words. <laughs> He answered, apparently an alarm hidden under a TV in the room had been tripped. So one of the guards went on the floor, had hit a silent secret alarm. The man who answered the phone in the tally lodge said, oh, everything's fine. And the main gate told him, I'll just reset it. To which he responded, oh, how do you do that? Now, the answer, which he should have known and did know, is just to unpress the button. It's something, it's like a button that goes in, and if you take it out, it turns it off. Yeah. But he was trying to alert them that something was wrong. Mm Yeah. Like, this senior guard should definitely know what to do. But the main gate didn't pick this up and told him, just press it and stop fucking around, and then hung up on him. He's like, "Thanks thanks a lot. Great. Wonderful. Thank you so much. So the plan was okay to keep going. Although the plan had been delayed and they had arrived at the lodge later than intended, they'd accidentally taken it during a shift change, so more and more officers began to arrive for work, each entering and then immediately being taken hostage. Right. Oh, no. So soon there was 24 officers being held by 12 prisoners. So, supposed to, so they've got twice as many people as they thought they were going to have to worry about. The officers... And it was bring your kids to work. Day. Yeah, oh, for fuck's sake. And bring your grandparents oh, to work. Oh, Jesus day. Christ. Which is weird they keep doing that in a workplace. Oh, like, right. it's cute at kinder, mm. but, like, at a workplace, why am I bringing oh. my elderly grandparents here? And then Bono drops in for an impromptu concert. Like, bring Bono to hell. work day. Oh, I love fuck. Bono. I'm Jesus. Irish. I love Bono. Oh, he's yes. one of the nicest men in rock. Yeah, the but, only thing they could stop, you know, to bring both sides together was Bono. Yeah. Mm. But um, sadly, he was shot that day. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> no, so it's so like, terrible to find out this way. Oh, it inspired the album Zuropa. <laughs> yep, it's true. If that indeed is an album, I don't really know. Which was the album that we all had on our? It just it automatically oh, the, the downloaded one, on everyone's right, right. phones. Yeah. Uh, oh, is it Songs of Innocence? Songs of Innocence yeah. or Songs of Experience? I don't know that. Because it was on your phone, probably still is. Yeah, it is. Because you know why it is? Because um, my girlfriend gets in the car the other day, and why we're listening to you too? Because the phone had connected automatically to the Bluetooth of my car and just played the first song that was on there. And because these days everything's on Spotify, the only thing actually downloaded to the phone <laughs> is fucking you too. Yeah, makes sense. Great band, uh, Actong Baby. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> Um, so more there's 24 officers 12 prisoners the officers suddenly realised we, we've got the upper hand here mm. so they began to fight back and a bit of a brawl erupted in the tally lodge uh oh uh oh it's, it's Bash's time to shine <laughs> there's a lot of bashing going on let me in there Bash me I want to throw someone through a window <laughs> Bash <laughs> You know, you know. There's always a moment in like one of these kind of prison break heist kind of movies where like the the the, the specialist gets to jump in. Yeah, this is his, where everybody in the audience would be like, "Yeah, yes. time for Basher Bill." Fuck yeah. yeah! So fire breaks out. Meanwhile, two officers realize what's going on. They manage to wedge their cars in the gate, blocking the truck from escaping. Oh. 
So the remaining prisoners who'd been waiting patiently in the back of the truck, presumably knee-deep in tacos, <laughs> they got out and joined the fight, and now there was a proper fight happening out in the open. During this brawl, five officers were stabbed. Oh, my God. With guns? <laughs> yeah. That doesn't even make bayonet. sense. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Handguns with a mini gun. bayonet. <laughs> like a Swiss Army knife duct taped to the top. Sadly, one of the officers had a heart attack and later died. Oh, shit. According to Irish Central, a number of escapees were later tried for his murder, but were eventually acquitted after the judge concluded it could not be proved that the stabbing caused the heart attack, which killed him. Wow. Even though it's kind of like... Was he going to have a heart attack without the stabbing? Yeah. Mm. But they didn't get charged. So the fight was in full view of an armed British guard up in a tower. But because most of the people fighting were dressed in prison guard uniforms, he didn't know who to shoot at. Of course. Yeah. Because he's been trying to aim for the underpants. <laughs> and they've they've got in the prison guard yeah, Exactly. He's like, well... CK, Calvin Klein, thank God we signed that deal. Yeah. <laughs> Sponsorship at its finest. Uh, in fact, the guard actually later revealed he thought it was a staff-only brawl. Oh, you just thought the staff would just have <laughs> Because there are 36 people in guard uniforms punching on. That would be and confusing. a f- few other prisoners, and he's like, what is going on? I don't know what's happening. Four prisoners attacked one of the officers and hijacked his car, which they drove towards the external gate. They crashed into another car near the gate and then abandoned it. Two escaped through the gate. One was captured exiting the car and another was captured after being chased down by a soldier. So it's suddenly it's absolute pandemonium. Whoa. Some started shooting at the officers to hold them back to allow time for the rest to escape. One officer was shot in the leg as he chased the prisoners. The prisoner who fired the shot was captured after being shot himself and uh, by an uh, actual guard in a tower. And uh, another prisoner was captured after falling. The other prisoners escaped over the fence and by 4.18pm the main gate was closed and the prison secured after 35 prisoners had breached the prison (gasps) perimeter. The escape was the biggest in British history and the biggest in Europe since World War II, 35 people having escaped the escape-proof prison. Yeah, insane. Stop saying, oh, I can't possibly, oh, you can't Mm -hmm. get out. That just makes people want to try. If they'd said, this is a prison we've built where an absolute maximum of 40 people could escape, then they'd be right. They'd be absolutely totally. right. Totally. Headline tomorrow, Margaret Thatcher, correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what it would have been. Mm. You're right. Idiots. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that would have been the headline regardless, I think. They like to print that sort of stuff. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Also, nudes on page three for some reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so far, so good. But now they're out, what do they do? Yeah, where do you go? Because remember, they're sort of in the middle of the army base area. Well, an IRA convoy was meant to meet them. Uh-oh. But due to. <laughs> well, due to an error in timing, someone cocked up the time. They got out there and no one was there to meet them. So they either ran for it or they hijacked cars. They, they thought they were supposed to pick them up at 4 a.m. <laughs> instead of yeah. 4 p.m. Yeah, oh, no. Classic. We should have used 24-hour time. time. Fucking hell. That's why I always say, always use 24-hour time. Well, when Bobby said 1,600 hours, I was like, there's no such thing as 16 o'clock. Idiot. It's a fucking idiot. But you don't want to question a man with a gun. No, God, no. Authorities also leapt into action because they quickly realised that there'd been an escape. Cordons and vehicle checkpoints were set up on all roads leading from the prison area by 4.25pm, which is seven minutes later. Shit. Story, McFarlane and Kelly, who are three of our main guys, split into three separate groups. One of the groups, four uh, 
escaped prisoners led by Robert Storey. They were quickly found hiding in the water under a bank of the river Largan, about half a mile from the prison. They were detained without incident and returned back to the H block. <gasps> Story recalled in the documentary that when he was captured and returned to the prison, it suddenly sunk in what they'd done. They'd escaped, even if only for a few minutes. He felt this massive sense of euphoria. He oh, was on wow. a because ma- I was th- he was about to say I thought he was about to say that he was really upset, but he was like, "Oh, I was the highest I've ever felt in my life." Because that's sad. Because we done. Wife's next to him, like, "Fuck you!" Fucking hell, Rob. <laughs> He's like, well, you know, we've got kids. <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, this was the best day of your life. Yeah, Bloody when hell. When you were rounded up and put back in prison. <laughs> it was a massive statement even to only get out for four minutes. It was a real PR disaster for Margaret Thatcher over in England who'd been talking tough against the IRA. Mm. So she was very, very unhappy. 19 of the 38 prisoners who left H7 were recaptured within 24 hours, or three of them didn't get out at all, and most of them were returned to their original cells in the block. Jerry don't even get a change of scenery. It's very depressing. Give me a new room at least. God, say the other side for some. I want to look out a different window. Different view. Just stared at the fucking car park for 10 years. What are you going to do to get an ocean view? Oh, for God's sake. I know we're not near the ocean. Are they near ocean? (laughs) I don't think so. I looked up on a map. I don't think they are. Maybe a lock. Oh, yeah. Near the river. (laughs) Jerry Kelly and his group made it to a known nationalist-leaning housing estate in Lurgan, 14 miles from... Lurgan. It's great, isn't it? 14 miles from Mays, where they hid out for two weeks under the floorboards of a house in a place that usually was used to hide weapons. Oh, it was so small that they, you couldn't even turn over. Uh, they lay and listened to radio updates on a headphone, only leaving to, quote, do number twos, he said in the documentary. So you'd, you'd piss next to your friends, but you wouldn't yeah. shit next to them. How yeah. close are you? I mean, you'll... <laughs> you'll <laughs> you piss friends. <laughs> but you're not shit buddies. Yeah, yeah. Like, you'll smear the walls... Piss of, you'll <laughs> smear the walls of a prison, but you mm-hmm. won't smear the walls of underneath of a floorboard. <laughs> Would you consider me a piss pal? Yeah. Thank you. For sure. Sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, that felt a bit more forced over there, but okay. (laughs) No, Jess, I would. (laughs) All right. Sorry, I I hesitated for a moment, but I mean it. Thank you. I'd piss near you, Jess. Thank you. (laughs) That's all I want. The other group led by... I think we've got a good finale for the podcast (laughs) all set. (laughs) Hands in and we'll all piss. (laughs) Piss, 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 piss. The other group, led by McFarlane, drove their hijacked car to a nearby family home where they hid the car in the garage and took the family hostage. When they decided it was time to leave, he had the whole family swear on a Bible that they wouldn't call the police for 72 hours. Okay. I'm not sure if they ever did. Give us a head start. But then they walked over fields at night before finally getting to the safety of the IRA stronghold of South Amar. Both Kelly and McFarlane ended up spending months living in the Republic of Ireland. Then in January 1984, they flew to mainland Europe using false passports. Wow. They had the opportunity of living relatively normal lives and starting fresh, but they chose to continue their work with the IRA and lived in the Netherlands together. They were arrested in 1986 and at the time of their arrest had cash in several currencies, maps and fake passports and keys to a storage container that had 14 rifles and 100,000 rounds of ammunition. Whoa. 
Uh, they were extradited back to Northern Ireland and soon found themselves back in the old age block. No. But they've been free for three years. Yeah, they did pretty well, I guess, if that's how you want to measure success. <laughs> Just having a I'd storage rather, unit filled with ammunition. Yeah, I'd rather count it in downloads to my podcast. <laughs> yeah, me too. But I guess you could escape from a prison if yeah, you want. Yeah, that's fine, I guess. Yeah. This is pre-podcast. I guess that's yeah, all guess, you had. Yeah, yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> <laughs> well, get some get some likes on your Instagram, guys. Yeah, Come on. get that kind of validation. Yeah. So they're back in the H block, but just three years later, on the second of July, nineteen eighty nine, Jerry Kelly was released in line with the extradition conditions agreed on with the Dutch authorities. This is the guy that shot Grizzly Adams in the yeah. head during the escape. So he was paroled. He went on to become a politician and played a big part in the Northern Ireland peace process negotiations that led to the Good Friday Agreement in April 1998 that ended the Troubles. And then he went on to be a junior minister in the Northern Ireland government. Oh, wow. So, yeah, he really turned it around. There you go. Uh, Some of the others made it to America, where at least uh, one of them was extradited back, but others have since been given pardons. So some got away. Never came back. Hmm. Two escapees, Jared Fryers and Seamus Campbell, were never accounted for or heard from since the escape. Did they get away or did they die? Trying. Yeah. yeah. Wow. We'll never know. Or 50 Cent star. DB Cooper. <gasps> are they DB Cooper? I assume so. Yeah, they're probably DB Cooper. What's the only possible explanation? That's what I thought. I should know that it was also awful for the prison guards, uh, as well as the two who were shot and survived. Four were stabbed, and around 39 were kicked and beaten. Many suffered psychological effects and never went back to work. Who was bashed? Who was bashed? Good question. Mm. Heaps. All of them, yeah. (laughs) And it was not pleasant. And that's why this is a trick all along. You should never bash. Yeah. Never bash. Never bash. It's a lesson. I'm actually anti bashing. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. All of that was satire. Huh. Well, wow. he made it seem really cool. So I don't know if the, the satire was mm. entirely effective. Yeah, you it's held a great a... note on my satire ability, and Sorry. I'll work on that. <laughs> okay. You, you held a mirror up to society, and society liked what it saw. You were yeah. also smoking at the time, and I'm like, damn, that's looking good. Yeah. You know, maybe I'll smoke. Uh, maybe, am I maybe too cool for satire? Yeah, I ma- think yeah, so. maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. What's the kind of comedy that cool people do? Observational? Can I do observational? Uh, hosting Sketch? TV shows? Yeah, hosting yeah, yeah, yeah. TV shows. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. Reading other people's jokes with your beautiful face. Unfortunately, my lot in life is to host a TV show. That's right. Hey. Oh, that sucks. You work with what you got. That sucks real bad. The cards you were dealt yeah. were beautiful. Beautiful face. <laughs> That's not true. Beautiful face. No. Um, May's and, prison. And piss on command. You can piss on command. No, absolutely. Go right now. No. Oh my gosh, oh, he's doing don't. it! Oh, I can feel that under the table. It's more piss than I've ever seen. Oh my god, it's like a fire hose. <laughs> turn it off. Oh, you can't turn it off on command. Okay. Hey, open the door. <laughs> Swing around in here. That'd be terrible. <laughs> uh, Maze Prison was closed in the year 2000, and demolition began in October 2006. Oh. 
But the story lives on. In 2017, the story of the escape was adapted into a film called Maze, written and directed by Stephen Burke, and it holds a 5.9 rating on IMDb. Ooh. Oh, out of 5.95? Yes. Wow, that's a good Not movie. bad. Not bad, Stephen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good job, I hadn't Stephen. heard of any of the actors, but... Uh, is it an Irish production? Or? It is an Irish production. Hmm. But then some of the people were on IMDb were complaining that the accents weren't authentic enough. Oh, right. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. So, or some people are like, he sounded too Irish. No, <laughs> <laughs> His accent was too convincing. A little too good. Mm. I think you'll find that um, this guy didn't sound like that, that kind of stuff. Huh. Well, I mean, anytime they need an Australian character in uh, American shows, it's so rarely an Australian. I'm like, there's so many Aussie actors over there yeah, right. desperate for work doing American accents, probably not that well. Just let them do an Aussie one. Let them have one. a go. Baffling. Oh, Point Break. That's what I was thinking of. I watched Point Break for the first time. It ends set in Bell's Beach. Fantastic. Yeah, that's true. Not yeah. filmed in, at Bell's. With some incredible oh. surf. Amazing the surf. The best surf Bell's has ever seen. <laughs> Two police officers run over and it's the worst Australian accents I've ever seen. But heard, I should say. But they've got like two lines, but still, get an Aussie. Or at least for the Australian release, get it dubbed over. Yes. You know? Yes. Mm. Get Jack Thompson and come on, Paul Hogan. Yes, get Jack Thompson and Paul Hogan. All the best. Mm. Get Bud Tingwell. Get Bud Bring Tingwell. him back. Yeah, <laughs> from the dead for this redub. <laughs> He's that yeah. good. He's mm-hmm. that good. Bud would do it, I reckon. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Anyway, that's the end of my report on the Maze Prison Escape. Wow. wow. I knew none of that. I'd never heard of that at all. Neither had I. So it's just sometimes I go through the hat, you know, as I'm sure you do too, Jess, and Struck gold. You find a, a story you've never heard of, and there you go. So it's the biggest escape, still the biggest escape in, in UK history. Was it pitched well in the hat, like to grab your attention? It was, yeah. yeah. And also the fact that it's the Maze Prison. It yeah. sounds good. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, the yeah. rock. Yeah, it mm. sounds good. The Maze. Cube. Like the movie Cube. Yeah. Or the TV movie? show, The Cube. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's all about title. Mm. Sex sales, sort of, sort of shapes. Cube, cubic shapes. <laughs> That's right. Mm. Cubes, sexy. Well, I liked it, but also I kind of kept feeling like the guns were cheating. Yeah. Did you feel like a little bit? They should have bashed. Yeah, they should have bashed. Yeah, yeah. Bashed you'd be happy with if it was a bashing. Yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah. Do any of the uh, inmates have the ability to get angry and turn green and very large? Did anybody have that ability? Like yeah. Like a leprechaun. Yeah, it's like <laughs> a leprechaun. <laughs> Notoriously big. Very big boys. <laughs> very strong. Very yes. strong. Very angry. Yeah. Mm. Certainly. Always angry. Mm. That's the secret. <laughs> uh, if you enjoyed this one. And um, lucky charms. <laughs> Two secrets. <laughs> Many places were saying that it was like, it was like the biggest escape since uh, Colditz Castle, yeah, which right. I uh, have also done a report on. And, and also Escape from Alcatraz I did an episode on. Mm. You've got, so got a real feel for them. Yeah, the real triptych of, uh, yeah. of escapes. Which is your favourite, Dave? I would say the Colditz Castle one. That was, mm. a, that was a lot of fun. Mm. Yeah, that how was, cold it was. That was a, pro- yes. a crazy yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they do look like H- H's. I've just looked it up. They do look like Asians. They also look like TIE fighters. Is anyone else getting that? No. (sighs) Don't give it to him. That's a no. Come on, Mesa. You can be honest with me. Yeah, nah. 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 Let it go, mate. Let it it go. 
Thank you. Well, that's the end of the report section of the show. But it's time now for what many people call the best and most favourite part of the show. And that is the fact, quote, or question part. And I believe it has a theme song. Fact, quote, or question. Ding. Nice. I always remember that ding. (laughs) Now, Jess, how does the fact, quote, or question work? Well, if you support the show on the uh, associate producer level or above, is that right? No. No, on the the Sydney Scheinberg deluxe package. If you support us there, you get to submit a fact, a quote, or a question, and we read them out and we answer them if it's a question, or we comment on them if it's a fact or a quote. Absolutely, this is correct. Now, um, Meso, would you mind if we read out some fact quotes and or questions to you? I would love to hear some fact quotes and questions. So these come from our Patreon supporters, and if you support... Was that one of the questions? (laughs) Meso, would you mind if we read them out? Yes, actually, Actually, where did that come from? Yeah, Yeah, submitted by uh, Johnny... Be good. Be good. Johnny, be good. Yeah, it was, the, the actually. Sub, the subject of the that song. Yeah. It was a Patreon of ours. Huh. Nice guy. We've got a few movers and shakers in the Patreon. Oh. We're very successful. I was going to say, say, if you've got Johnny, be good, yeah. And if people want to support the show, they can do so at any time. You can unlock rewards like bonus episodes. We've put out over 100 bonus episodes now, and we put out three extra a month that you can get your uh, teeth into. And uh, we also, you know... Announce shows earlier. We have a Facebook group, and uh, you also vote on uh, the topic, so you really decide what we're going to talk about on the show. But of course, the fact quote or question. Now, Matt usually reads these out, mm-hmm. but Jess mm-hmm. and I, I imagine we're going to have a go here today. We're going to do our best. Can you read, Dave? Uh, oh, I've com- no, but I've committed these to memory, and I'm putting it all on you because you've got a computer, so right. you're I'm you're gonna doing be, the bulk of it today. I'm going to be the guy. Now, what happens is uh, people uh, give themselves a title. And our first one comes from Daniel Headley, who is Vice Resident Dickhead of the Pod. Oh, an important title. Uh, And he has submitted a uh, question, and uh, like Matt does, we never read these until we read them, so we have no idea what's going to be said here. But uh, the question from Daniel is, what are your favourite local Melbourne bands? Mine's the scientist. (laughs) Um, Mine's the scientist. Oh, that's tough. He says, now gigs are going again. I want to support local music now more than ever. Give me your recommendations, please, and thank you. Well, I've got to give a uh, shout-out to my main man, Tom Mitchell, who some of you may know as the former lead singer of Weed Hornet, mm-hmm. my high school uh-huh. band, <laughs> who is still going strong, rocking and rolling, and he's currently on a national tour with his band uh, Bellhaven, oh. who have uh, just put out a, a new single and um, fantastic act. So if you're out and about, they're my recommendation. That's great. Put on a great show, a lot of energy. Love seeing those guys rock out. That's a hard one. You know a lot about bands, though, Jess. Well, I do, mm-hmm. and I don't. Oh. Um, I don't know. The, the only one I can think of, just straight off the top of my head, is probably one of my favourite uh, like musicians. She'd be in my of all time oh. list. Yeah. Wow. That's Angie McMahon. Oh, yes. Who's very, very wonderful. Um, but I don't know. I mean, if she's doing gigs and shit, I'm going to be there. But that would be one of my go-tos. It's very hard, though, isn't it? There's so. I mean, there'd be so many. Hmm. But I can't think of no, them. That's, no, one. Andy McMahon, that's, that's the perfect one. Mm. Mason, do you have any uh, recommendations? Yeah, it's tough. See? Tough, tough, tough. Tough. Oh, we've got so uh, we when people ask a question, we often ask them if they could answer it themselves. Oh yes, uh, and Daniel has done that. His real answer is Prius Club. 
little garage punk rock band out of Brunswick. Check them out. Also, Jess should play them on Triple J. Okay. <laughs> Prius Club. There so you go. I get enough of those messages on Instagram, <laughs> on the text line on Triple J, sometimes to my email. Um, I don't need him in the fact quote or question. <laughs> All right. Hey, but he's the vice president, dickhead of the pod. He's uh, allowed to say these things. I take that back. What about the band? Yes. Amel and the Sniffers. They're from Melbourne. Are they from Melbourne? I think they're from Melbourne. Yeah, oh, nice pretty, one. They're, okay. They're, they're a good band. What about. Uh, I enjoy that. Oh, you know who I like? Uh, I don't know if they're from Melbourne, but they might be Cash Savage and The Last Drinks. Oh, yes. It's a good Australian band. Check them out on Spotify, probably. Check them out. Yes. Love that. Great name. I love that. One of the best names. Someone and the somethings. Mm. Love that. Yeah, very good. Catfish and the Bottlemen are good for that, I reckon. (laughs) Mumford and the Sons. Mumford and the Sons. And the Sons of Mumford. (laughs) Bono and the rest. (laughs) And the rest. Love that. Uh, So thanks, Daniel. Uh, Next up is Mike Killen. He's given himself the nickname King Man. Oh. Wow. Huge. The man amongst kings. A lot to live up to. Hope you don't disappoint. All right, King Man. Here we do go. Your best, do your best, mate. Take your, take your best shots. We've also got a question from King Man, and that is, if you could be the first person to do anything past or future, what would it be? What about present? Yeah. You could do something new right now. Yeah. Whoa. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing this is if you could go back into the past or future. Where would you go? Oh. I, I, I don't know if I like the past. Okay, none mm. of the past. Nothing interests you? It'd be a bit, it'd be stinkier, the past. Yeah, I think so. What, what about, so a couple of weeks ago I did an episode. I'd oh, like I'd to go to a couple of weeks ago. Yes. Yeah, that's Want to be part answer. of that episode? <laughs> Fortnight ago. God, it was a good time. I had this great sausage roll. Not true, I was eating a pie. Um, so I, two weeks ago I did a, an episode on George Mallory yes. and Mount Everest. And the question is, did he ever make it? And yeah. if you could go back somewhere, find out something and come back oh, unharmed. That's a great answer. That's the kind, yeah. I'd like to know that mystery. Yeah, that's a good one. I'd like yeah. to go back. Did he did he make it? Him and Irvin. What was that what was that what was that speaking of? What was that mystery that you guys you guys have covered it? And I think there was some new information about it quite recently. It was a bunch of people that died on a cliff face. The uh died of pass? Yes. Yes, what that's right. Yeah. You'd like to find out what happened there. Yeah, because there was some new information. I there think, was, recently. yes. Avalanche, didn't they say? That's what they were saying. Well, it's a bigger avalanche. Yeah. It's a real so. answer. I mean, I wouldn't want to be in the path of the avalanche. Mm. Like, I draw the line there. I don't want to know the answer if the answer is coming at me and it's going to kill me immediately. Right. Yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to know that I can come back. Mm. That'd, be, that'd have to be part of it. Yeah, yeah. Is it a bit sad that I uh, can't possibly picture myself excelling at anything in order to be the first person to do it, like in the future. <laughs> well, that's okay. I mean... I'm like, oh, it feels like a bit of pressure. <laughs> first maybe, I was like, first person to go to Mars. I was like, oh, I don't want to go to fucking Mars. Also, maybe, it maybe is it a bit be, hard. Maybe it could be something you did accidentally. Oh, like okay. you'd be the first person to like fall down 52 flights of stairs and live or something. And be like unscathed. I mean, live. No, I, th- I don't want to do that actually because that would still be scary. <laughs> okay, that would be scary. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I've totally misunderstood the question. Was it you first? Understood it. The f- I thought it was the first person to go into the future or past. But the no. phrasing is, <laughs> if you could be the first person to do anything. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Oh, I'm so sorry, Mike. I misunderstood. I want to be like, I obviously haven't, uh, I can't. Figure it out right now because you'll understand what I mean. I want to be the person who who first discovers like the equivalent of like PB and J 
You know, I find oh. like a really good yeah. like, soup oh. combo. Caramel. Like you want to invent the new salted yes. caramel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Where I'm like, it shouldn't make sense, but it does. Or like, I mean, a, what about a cocktail? Yeah. I mean, you could do that. You could start doing that tomorrow. I could do, just yeah. Just buy, just just go to opposite ends of the supermarket and just get stuff and yes. combine it. You know, Frozen prawns. And WD-40. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's great, you know. Maybe it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Great. That, would, that's a good would one. Go down very smoothly. Yes, because of the WD forty. Exactly. Really yeah. lube it up the throat. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, lube and chili powder. Oh. Wow, <laughs> makes know? the chilies slide down before they burn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I'd like to be. I'd like to invent something, like a, a product. Uh huh. Like um. Like something that... Whatever you say next is the invention, I think. Because I think it's on the tip of your tongue right yeah. now. I think whatever you say is going to be the thing. Yeah. And you have to devote the rest of your life to it, I reckon. You've got this, Dave. Okay. Yeah. I'd like something that cooks nachos perfectly every time. Okay. An okay. oven. An oven. But I find <laughs> that at m- many Mexican chain restaurants, you order the nachos, so they put them in, and they set a timer. But it's never right. Correct. What if the time was inbuilt? So you want a device blows up all Mexican chain restaurants. Yes. Because then you wouldn't even have to think about it. Yeah, I want to be the first person to own every single Mexican chain restaurant in shut the world. Down. And shut them, shut them down? You want to shut them down? Or are you going to put it, you're going to buy this specific device for all of them that just does the nachos, has yep. no other purpose, just yep. does nachos. I've got, I've got pretty low... Low hopes, but I mean, if if you if you heard that there was a, me- a Mexican restaurant and it served the best perfect nachos every time, you'd go, you'd go, because you'd so, go, how how perfect could they be? And then you'd go and you'd know, you'd go, holy shit, they're perfect. Yeah, those are the best nachos I've ever had. Yeah, and then like people love them so much, it changes the world. That's it. Like to be the first person to get win a Nobel Peace Prize for a nacho related invention. Classic white man. Yep. <laughs> Coming in, taking over something? Yeah. Unbelievable. I'm not taking over. I'm uh, improving. Set- settling everything yeah, that's down. What they, that's what the settlers reckoned. Wow. <laughs> They're improving. Well, I'd want to cause, <laughs> I'd want I'd to make racial equality happen. So I guess one of us is better. Yeah, wow, Je- Jess, Dave. who invented a cocktail. You're a piece <laughs> of shit. You said cocktail. I said the PB&J, the new PB&J. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Prawns and WD-40. <laughs> Prawns and 40s, they'd call them. Yeah. yeah. 40, prawnies. Fo- prawnies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's go down to the pub, get some prawnies. <laughs> uh, some espresso martinis and some prawnies. Oh, that's a gross combo. Yeah, but could, maybe it's but the maybe best combo. But maybe it works. Maybe, um, guys have invented the perfect combo, which is mart- espresso martinis and prawnies, Yuck. which we've already established is prawns covered in WD-40. Oh, my God, that sounds so delicious. Right? Yeah, what a night out. Mm. Sign me up. <laughs> right after I uh, finish off my lube chili. <laughs> uh, thanks so much, Mike Killen. Sorry I misunderstood your question, but, you know, many answers there. Uh, I'd like to thank also Vincenzo Giovanni Bonadonna. Oh my what God. a name. Mm. Whose nickname is, uh, or title, Seymour Asses. Great. <laughs> which I don't get. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I love that. Uh, we've got a fact from Seymour Asses, and that is, uh, it's obvious that you guys are fans of The Simpsons, since there's The Simpsons references in a lot of episodes, and that you guys just say that you enjoy it. <laughs> yep, that is a good way to ascertain things about people. How does he know me <laughs> so well? <laughs> Coincidentally, my favourite show, Futurama, also created by Matt Granning. I've also seen every episode more times than I can count, and have a somewhat encyclopedic knowledge of the show. 
In their first director DVD, Futurama movie uh, Bender's Big Score, there happens to be a lot of time travel, which inadvertently creates duplicates of the people who travel into the past. A copy of Fry, a.k.a. Lars, went back to live in the year 2000 and he was able to spend his time there with his dog, Seymour. I enjoyed this retcon because the episode that originally featured Seymour, in Mm. brackets Jurassic Bark, was very sad. Heartbreaking. Oh, that's one of the few ones I remember, like, you know, what actually happened. Thank you, guys. Glad to go on as having live shows again. That is very rad. I'd love to see one one day. One day. Uh, my partner wanted to name our dog Seymour because of that episode. <laughs> wow. Because of Fry's dog. Or Fry. Huh. Um, Fry's a good, good name it's pretty for a cute. dog. Yeah. But then you compromised and you called your dog Seymour Ass. Exactly. <laughs> Brilliant name. Because yeah, it's fun to yell at the park. Yeah. Also next on the list, Vincenzo Giovanni Bonadonna. Oh. Very good. I know a dog called Vincenzo. <laughs> That's cute. He's an Italian greyhound. Yeah. Finally, I'd like to thank uh, Dominic Stevenson, the title of Third Umpire. That's it's a good so, one. That's sometimes one. we uh, yeah, refer to... Uh, he's, that's the one that can eat up in the, in the box whilst they're doing their job, <laughs> which I think is great. Eat up in the box. <laughs> I think that's good, dude, Dave. Thank you f- for giving us a fact, which is... The original design for Mr. Potato Head was simply a packet of plastic body parts and accessories for a child to stick into a real potato. Hours of fun and a snack for afterwards. P.S. The toy has been in the news recently because Hasbro updated its name to the gender-neutral and more inclusive Potato Head. Thank you, Dominic Stevenson. Which obviously, based on the Facebook comments, is political correctness gone mad. People lost their fucking mind. <laughs> Even though Mr. Potato Head is still a product. Yeah. Mm. If you want that one, you're welcome to it. Okay, but when's there going to be a Mr. Potato Head for men? Yeah. <laughs> That's all I'm asking. Yeah. I'm just asking questions, all right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no wrong answers here. Mm-hmm. In fact, there's no answers from me. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, thanks so much, Dominic Stevenson. And that brings us, Jess, to our next favourite section of the podcast. Yes. And that is where we uh, we thank people that have supported the show at uh, a certain arse prod level. That's right. This mm. one's from the arse prod level. They are associate <laughs> producers of our hearts and above. And uh, we like to usually thank them with a little game, Jess. Yes. I was thinking, because you know how you had the maze, the rock, the cube, we name their prison. <laughs> oh, gr- oh terrific. They're the warden. This, oh, this is where you work. Yeah, you yeah. work at, insert cool name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. What do you reckon of that? Does that I sound think it's okay? fantastic. Like and it. what colour are the uniforms? Mm. Okay, <laughs> great. Plenty to work with here. So let's thank some people, shall we? Please. Um, I would love to thank from Kerry in Illinois. Is that Illinois? Yeah. I'd love to thank Adam. Oh, boy. Adam. I can't. Do you reckon it's Krapzinski? Yeah, it's a it's a it's a it's an amazing name written down. Oh. I must say. Adam Kraprinsky? No, oh. Krapchinsky. Yeah, Chinsky or Zinsky, I reckon. Zinsky. Adam Sea Dog. Sea Dog. Where has Adam escaped from? Um, no, the warden of the warden of Adam's a good boy. Okay. I think 
uh, his prison is in Cary, uh-huh. and it's called the Cary Care Bear. Oh. That is. You look at it from helicopter, it looks yeah. like a Care Bear. Which wow. one? And was that an accident? I can't name a Care um, Bear. Because they were like, to the architect, we want this to be absolutely brutal. We want to yeah, crush their yeah, spirits. Exactly and inside, right. like, there's like, it's just concrete, no colour yeah. whatsoever. No windows, no outside, nothing. Outside, no, very no, cute. No, <laughs> no, no lights, no nothing. And he's like, okay, well, we've got to make a perfectly rounded surface roof <laughs> and and put some make it furry so they can't even hear the outside world it yeah. blocks all the sound but it's pink fur because that was cheaper yeah 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 um and mm. it's got yeah little moons and shit on <laughs> it's, its tummy yep it's really it's very calming from the outside that's actually. right it's really yeah, yeah, sweet yeah. and really demoralizing from the inside yeah, that's why yeah. they've done it yeah yeah mm-hmm. so pretty good yeah um thank Anya, you so adam. much adam i'd also love to thank from pambula new south wales Jordan Hetherington. Jordan Hetherington has escaped from... Oh, my God. You keep making them escape. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> okay, you can escape. No, you can escape. I'm in, in movies, I'm always on the side of the es- escape. Of course you are. But, um, all right, now he's the prison warden. I'm always the on warden the... sucks. I'm always on the side of the warden. They're uh, just trying to do a job. Yeah, come He's on. just trying to do a job. What about the warden in Shawshank? Oh, yeah, no, that's a bad warden. mm that's a crook. Exception that proves the rule, though. Yeah. Mm. And the warden in um, The Longest Yard, the second yeah, one, like mm. the, the more modern yes. Adam mm. Sandler one, yeah, bad yeah. dude. They're, already, they're all crusty old deans. Yeah. Mm. Uh, what about the vinyl Ooh. paradise? Oh, vinyl paradise. Mm. Sounds what a bit hell? sexy. It's sexy. Mm, yeah. But like paradise is, you know. It's in the back of a used record shop. Yeah. <laughs> you locked out the back. Yeah, yeah. And they're constantly playing... Terrible, terrible eighties music. Oh dear! And you so just really you too, slowed then. down. Yeah, not you too. Anything <laughs> but. Mm, yeah. Anything but. People are like, please put on the Joshua Tree. No, I will not. Won't do it. It's Jack Johnson or nothing. Yeah, one of the nicest men of rock. God, he's so God, nice. He's so nice and so chilled out. I've actually heard this fact that he is so relaxed. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that's true. God, I love it. Um, um, thank you, Jordan. thank you, Jordan. Uh, I'd also like that. How many are we doing three each still? What do, What do we think? Let's just do three each. Otherwise, it'll go forever and be very tedious. Okay, great. Three each. Okay, love that. Terrific. I would love to thank from an un unstipulated location, <gasps> a mystery, some sort of black ops prison. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love to thank Tim Liddell. Oh, Bermuda Triangle prison. Yes, in the middle of the Bermuda Triangle. Wow. The triangle. Y- yes, that's what's in there. And ironically, or the pyramid. No, oh, the triangle. Triangle. Yeah. yeah ironically, yeah. from space, it's actually a hexagon. Oh, yeah. And so but, it's you know, very confusing. But that doesn't sound tough, does it? No. The hexagon. No. It sounds stupid. He's like, rename it the triangle. They'll never count how many sides this prison has. That's Don't right. worry about it. <laughs> yeah. So, Tim Liddell, wherever you're from. Thank you so we much. We wish you well. Mm. I would like to thank Ava May from Yuma in Arizona. Yuma! I would like to... <laughs> Yuma! <laughs> why do I yell that? Give me two. I would like to thank uh, Blake T. Wild. Blake T. Wild. Blake T. Wild broke out of you happy day. No, no, no. He's the warden. He's, He's the crusty warden. warden. Oh, I'll break out of it. I break out of all prisons. Can't keep me locked in. Diamond. The diamond. In the rough. The oh. diamond in the rough. So it was like in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Wow. So it's like, oh, fine. It's you in the es- middle of a desert. Yeah, you can escape, but we're in the middle of the Gobi Desert. Yeah, where are you going to go? go? There's 500 miles of sand on every corner. Honestly, yeah. the guards just and I know leave. you would walk, walk 500 miles. Mm. Would you walk 500 miles? Yeah. 
just yes. to be the man who That's walked right. 500 miles. Fine. It's surrounded by 1,000 miles. Oh, hmm? I'll do that. 1,001, just Whoa. in case. Oh, thank you so, so much. The Blake T. Wild. The fall down at your door. Fucking great song. Great Blasting that on the way home. Probably. It's thematic. It fits with the episode. Yeah. I would like to thank you, Vome, from Atherston in South Australia. Carolyn Slater. 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 All right. She's the warden of the prison called Adelaide. Brutal. I was going to call it because of the Slater Cup, which is uh, Jess and her partner's uh, ice hockey cup or air hockey. Air hockey. I'm going to call it the puck. Ooh, oh, I like, I that. like yeah. that a lot. That yeah, sounds. And they make all the prisoners wear um, hockey jerseys yeah. and like the full outfits. <laughs> so if there is any fights, they don't get hurt very much. And it's much. very cumbersome. Yeah, just so getting around, wandering around, and they're also wearing ice skates, but it's concrete. <laughs> and you're knocking into a yeah. Sorry, Ow. sorry. Oh, sorry about that. Ow. Mm. The puck. Don't give them ice skates. They stab each other with those. Those things are sharp. Oh, blunt ice skates. Thank you. Rollerblades is what they call. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, rollerblades. I love it. <laughs> and finally, for me, I would like to thank from Hodgson, Hodgson, I believe, in Georgia, Colin Hitkers. Hitskers. I've mispronounced all of that except Colin. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Colin, we're pretty confident is Ho- correct, but there's no guarantee. Houston, Georgia, Colin Hitskers. Colin Hitskers is uh, has just broken out of the little prison called Adelaide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, Got he's, him again. Yeah, he's celebrating so hard. We've got to give it to what him. What about? The Matchbox. Ooh. Yeah, that's that's good because it's a powder keg re- ready to explode oh, yeah. at any moment. You better yeah. believe that yeah. prison yeah. is flammable. <laughs> is that a good thing? Oh yeah, yeah. That's how they pitched it. The design, the architect yeah. was like, "Yeah, this place is going to everything is extremely flammable. flammable. Yeah, yeah. We're not going to seal anything so it could flood easily. Mm. Honestly." It's basically just some uh, some bits of cardboard. Yeah. <laughs> this prison is a disaster yeah. waiting to happen. So in, I would say get a good insurance policy on it because um, that, that will result in a payout. <laughs> it's just a, it's an insurance fraud. Oh, I see, yeah. <laughs> to be clear, I'm, I'm telling you it's an insurance fraud. <laughs> anyway, pay me money for this. <laughs> they love honesty. They love in it. In the prison building system. They love it. Thank you, Colin. Carolyn. Blake, Tim, Jordan, and Adam for supporting the show, and you can do so at patreon.com slash dogoonpod. And there's only one thing left to do, and that is to see if there's any entrance into the Triptych Club. Mm. And Nick Meso Mason, that's people that have been supporting the show on the shout-out level or above for three consecutive years. My goodness. These people are Hall of Famers in our hearts. And we've set up a little club, and then we welcome people into it. Jess comes up with an hors d'oeuvre and a drink. I book in a band. Or actually, Mason, can I, would you like to say a band that you would like to? You too. You too. Fantastic. You too. Okay, Bono. what a coincidence, because that edge. came up. The third guy who's in here too. Yes. Larry, his name's at Larry. Larry Mullins Jr. There we go. Great. So they're playing as a three-piece. The bass player, Adam, was not invited. Mm. <laughs> Replaced by Johnny Utah. <laughs> Johnny Utah on, on, on bass. <laughs> Tonight, the role of, of Adam Clayton will be played by Johnny Utah. <laughs> <laughs> He's undercover again. <laughs> undercover as being in U2. 
Uh, no, he's undercover in a U2 cover band. Yeah. But three of the members. Uh, actually, are you two. They're also undercover. <laughs> yeah. It's very confusing. Yeah. Wow, that Bono is pretty good. You, bon- Bono was like, I've got to go undercover. But the only thing you can conceive of is being in U2. So yeah. that's <laughs> best cover he could come up with. <laughs> well, it's the last place you'd look, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, in a U2 yeah. cover band. Yeah. So they're playing. Jess, do we have an order of and a drink in the club? Yes, we will be serving shit smeared on walls. Wow, is that like a code for something? Oh yeah, it's just what the dish is called. Oh, thank it's God. actually just like a gingerbread house uh, coated with chocolate. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, it's really lovely. That love to think of lovely. shit when I'm eating. Yeah, absolutely. I know. I love to combine the two. Drinks wise, um, Guinness. Seton Island. Great work. Guinness and Bulmers. If you want something different, very good. If not. Uh, get the fuck out. If you, want, if you don't like either of those, you don't belong here. Mm-hmm. That is Just kidding. There's a full bar. Help yourself to anything you want. Well, Jess? Yes. It's time to check if there are any more entrants. And how are we going to do this? Because usually, mate, so what happens is Matt reads out the name, I hype them up and then as their hype man, and Jess hypes me up as my hype man. Incredible. I will read the names and you can hype. You can do your usual because if you read the names and you're trying to hype, it's going to be too confusing for you, don't you think? I believe so. So I'll hype that up, Mason. If you wouldn't mind, if you could just hype me up a little bit. All right. I'll hype as well. We can both hype. Right. right. It'll be great because honestly, without the hype, okay. What am I doing? Here? That's true. So you got five people. <clears throat> oh gosh. Okay. You can do it. You can do it. All right. Who are we welcome into the trip club? These are very important people to us, and we thank them so much, and we want to hype them up. Who we got from Bowen Hills in Queensland? We've got Cameron Fullwood. Oh, we got a Fullwood <laughs> house tonight. Yes. Love that. Yes. From Rochdale South in Queensland, Rachel Razzie. Oh, Razzie Dazzle. Yes. Yeah, Dave. Woo-hoo. <laughs> He's got away with words, this guy. <laughs> Wordsmith. Woo-hoo. They call me the Shakespeare of rap. <laughs> From Ludlow in Shropshire. Oh, great. Kieran Berry. Oh, Berry, nice to see yes. you. Hey. Just see, sounds like very nice. Yes. Love it. He's the right, right around the words. Woo-hoo. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> From Blackburn, Victoria, and the patron of this very microphone I'm talking into, it's Rachel Johnson. I was going to Blackburn down this bar until you turned up, and now we're going to have a great night. You're killing Uh, it. He was going to do awesome, but he didn't do it. You saved me from a prison sentence, and probably people might have died, but you didn't let me do it. And finally... Dave, you struggle through that sentence, but you got there in the end. It's all about the result and the journey. And finally, from Windhoek. And what uh, country oh, would Vindhoek, be NA? That's the in Namibia. Oh, wow. I believe that's the capital of Namibia. Oh, right. Windhoek. Dave's coming Windhoek. in hot with a fact. Yeah, that's a fact. Yeah. I'd love to thank Mari Lee. Oh, uh, Mari Lee. <laughs> he said the name. He said the name he was going <laughs> to. The name you said, Jesse, said it again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was going to marry leave until you turned up. Yes. yes. <laughs> but now you're here. Saved it. Not as bad as Arson, but still bad. <laughs> yeah, still bad. Wow, from Namibia. That's very, very cool. That's amazing. Cool. Well, there you go. Thank you so much to everyone that does support the show. And if you'd like to be part of any of that stuff, plus the bonus episodes, the Facebook group, all the other stuff, go to patreon.com slash do go on pod. We've got to get Matt to listen to the end of that because he brings a lot of negativity to really? that part of the show. He oh. doesn't really get it. 
No, that's right. If we all got on board. critical of Dave. Wow. And Dave's hyping. And honestly, Dave did so well today. I feel like I was free flowing because yes. there was so much, so many good vibes. I think it was room. the. It was <laughs> really you. doing it for you. I really appreciate that. I can't do it welcome. as well as Meso, but I will record him doing it and just play it to you. Can we get it one more time? You could bring in your own air horn. Oh, okay, that's probably yes. easy. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Was that a real air horn or so good? <laughs> you never know. Um, Nick and Mason Mason, thank you so much for coming in and joining us on this episode. What we really appreciate pleasure. it. Love, love to be here. Love to be in the booth. Um, and we also love your fantastic podcast, The Weekly Planet. Thank you. Which I'm sure a lot of our listeners are very aware of, but just in case they haven't heard it, what's it all about? Oh, it's, about it's a podcast about uh, movies and TV shows and comic books sometimes. And and sometimes uh, Zack Snyder releases a new version of Justice League that's four hours long and we talk about it for a really long time. Wow. Yeah. Is that what the Schneider cut is? I still don't quite get it, but... <laughs> it's pretty much it, yeah. yeah. Fan- oh, I absolutely love it. Have you the movie Justice League? No. Don't don't worry about it. Okay. Yeah. Honestly, that is uh, what I do with but my superhero movies. If you've got four hours, watch Zack Snyder's Justice League. Four hours. Okay. Is it? Uh, the question is, what's which one's better? If I have to watch one, I think the four hour one is better. Okay, that's but good. It's four hours long. That's yeah, it's too long. long. I'd have to do that in a few sittings. Yeah. I'm 30 now. My back goes if I sit down for too long. <laughs> You're like a shark, always moving. I gotta move. Never stop. I can't sit still. Uh, so it's a fantastic podcast, honestly. Thank we, you. We, we do love you, and of course, Mr. Sunday Movies, James, on that show. We have a lot of fun. And uh, we can follow you on Twitter. As well. uh, on Twitter, I'm at Wikipedia Brown, and, and on inst- Instagram, Instagram. I'm Nick Maso, N I C K M A S E A U. It's a bit French. <laughs> what that is, Maso. Mm. And of course, we can catch you live with the Primates crew. That's coming exactly up on right. April yeah. four. Yeah, it's um, coming out really soon. Yeah, uh, you know, assuming Matt comes back from his gig. Uh, well, which he know. will any minute now. And he's yeah. going to come back. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's it, right. He missed. You did promise yeah. that he'd turn up, but he <laughs> did, did not. And here he is. And yeah. he's got an air horn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's fallen. He's fallen down the stairs. Oh dear. Yeah. Oh yeah. So that's on April fourth, where yeah, of course it's, it's the big day. We can see primates at two o'clock with you, Evan, Cass, and Matt, and then me doing book cheat four fifteen with uh, Michelle Brazier, Ben Russell, Matt stand up show, and then us bringing it home with the Dugo on pod at eight thirty. Yeah. And in between, you can be listening to me on Triple J. Oh. You always forget that part. Oh, my Lord. Weird. Probably because we don't have to sell tickets for that bit. Exactly. <laughs> it's just because, on national radio. Because you get paid regardless. I, I sure do. Jess, I've been selling tickets to that. I've been out the front of the Melbourne you, Town Hall flyering for no, you being on Triple J. You cannot do that. Oh. It's the ABC. Oh. Fuck. Oh, dear. So you're going to get me in prison. Wow. Well, I know how to I get out. I sold some at Ita, Ita Buttros, lady, is that? No! no I did, yeah, no, she said she'd look into it. I'm going to have to bash my way out. Here we go. Uh, you, of course, can contact us at any time at Do Go On Pod on all the social medias, and dogoonpod.com is our website. But I think that's pretty much it. That's it. We'll be back next week with a, another episode. But until then, I'll say thank you so much for listening, and Meso, thank you again. You're very welcome. And until next time, I'll say goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.